Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 205 of At Oz with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing good, Joe. I'm glad that we can finally start the podcast. We've been talking Sandman for the last 20 minutes. Yeah, that'll go on. I'm going to put that on the uh, No Chance in Helmet after dark. Oh, that, that's a good place for it. I like it. Porch Talk After Dark is too busy this week, or else I'd try yeah. to sh- shum it in. <laughs> Did you listen to the latest uh, No Chance in Helmet? I listened earlier today, yeah. Uh, so I could put this up front here uh, so I can get messaged by Marcus uh, tomorrow, and Todd doesn't listen to podcasts. Um, they're wrong on the Saints helmet. Okay. I don't like, like, I, I, all the other, like, new designs that they've picked in the three episodes, like the 2022 helmet designs. And they were talking about the, uh, the Saints design where it's a stripe, but it's not a stripe. It's all little Saints emblems. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it. I don't think it looks good. Um, maybe it'll look better in practice, like physically, but the pictures that they had on HelmetHistory.com uh, made it look, like, lame. And uh, they were both wrong. All three of them were wrong in that oh. pick. Well, I, I'm surprised you're following along, like, on the website, you know, because I just figured you would have known all these helmets off the top of your head. No pun intended. So, <laughs> listen, there was, listen, I was a sportsman <laughs> up until, like, 1994 when baseball went on strike, and then I just gave up on all the sports uh, that weren't uh, professional wrestling. Um, but if I can, I try to finagle things so that I can listen to uh no chance in helmet when i'm near a pc so i could pull up the site and look at everything you know yeah it, i need I'll to make... talk, i need to talk to their social media manager as well but that's oh yeah whoever handles that and uh final wrestling place you know every once in a while i go to do a retweet of their show and i'm like where's this week's post where's last week's post yeah. i'm i'm <laughs> i'm retweeting me tweeting out from the soon to be named network account yeah yeah <laughs> But I, I will just say about fi- uh, about uh, No Chance in Helmet, uh, and this is not an indictment on the show at all, but I feel like I've disagreed with virtually every choice they've made. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Like They make a lot of valid points, but I feel like the helmets that they land on uh, just aren't, aren't me, you know, and that's not even like the Steelers thing, you know, cause they didn't pick my favorite Steelers helmet, but they didn't know that, but I'm just listening to most of them. Like, Oh no, don't take that one. And Todd skewers too, way too old on his picks, you know, all of his stuff. If, uh, John Madden wasn't the coach in the NFL when this helmet was being worn, he doesn't like it. But that being said, I think Todd does lean to some of the newer ones, like the two of them gushing over that 2022 Bengals helmet. Yeah. And yeah. I will admit that's one that I listened to on the way home from the LVAC. So I was making a lot of mental notes to go check out the helmets when I got home. Mm. And when I went home, like, you know, I, the Bengals are supposed to be a cur- certain color and a certain pattern. And then when I saw that helmet, I'm like, yeah, it's the Bengals. They could change things up, you know, especially like they were gushing over it. Uh, but I do lean toward more toward Todd. Like, I'm going to go to your helmet that you had in the 70s and 80s before I go in, like, the 2010s or the 2020s. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you know this. Uh, this is an interesting fact, Joe. Uh, hell, uh, football didn't exist until 1990 either. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's right around when I started watching. So the same rules apply. <laughs> it was weird that they started at Super Bowl 26 or whatever. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I know. I, I only acknowledge football before the 90s in order to count uh, the Steelers Super Bowl wins. But gotcha. other than that, other than that uh, football didn't exist. Gotcha. Well, listen, enough putting over the other shows. Let's get into our show. Let's let's look at. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. All right. So this day, wrestling history, one of the most memorable angles in all of professional wrestling happened uh, right. this this day. In 1990, uh, at the WMC TV studios for the Saturday morning Memphis television show, uh, Eddie Gilbert hit Jerry Lawler with his car. Uh, It was so realistic. And again, it was 1990, so it counts when wrestling (laughs) took place. Uh Um, Fans watching at home, because it was like kind of live to tape-ish, the Saturday morning show. Uh, fans called the police to send them to uh, the TV studio as they thought they saw like an actual vehicular homicide. <laughs> Joe, not only have I never seen this, but this is the first I'm hearing of this. Really? Yeah. So, um, wh- I, and listen, when we run out of Chikara stuff, I think 1989 <laughs> to 1990, if I can find em- enough Memphis TV, that's what I'm going to start assigning. Uh, <laughs> but this angle was lovingly recreated around 2006. When Larry Sweeney hit Eddie Kingston with his car outside the Barnesville Thunderdome. Okay. And uh, I have it on very good authority uh, that Eddie Kingston pitched for it to happen in AEW, but it never, like, for Jericho to hit him with his car. (laughs) Um, Never happened, but, you know, time may tell. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Jericho's more likely to do a shoot run in of a car, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, this this just further fuels my fire to make you watch uh, old Memphis TV. Oh no, I saw that a hundred times. I got that confused. I was thinking of something else. I've seen this a million times, Joe. There's no point in making me watch it again. <laughs> All right, you're a, you're a son of a bitch and liar is what you are. <laughs> I had this confused with the Yokozuna hitting Austin. I never saw that. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. Uh, so on this day in wrestling history as well, uh, 1997. Uh, one more week that World Wrestling Entertainment is preempted by the U.S. Open, so it's another unopposed Monday Nitro on the road to Fall Brawl. Uh, we had it last week where we got the big promo uh, where Arn Anderson announces his retirement and gives uh, his spot in the Four Horsemen to Kurt Henning to take on the dastardly NWO. And uh, this week, 25 years ago today, I would say is maybe the more memorable segment. Mm-hmm. Now, Adam, if it was up to me, we'd just play the entire 11 minute segment. <laughs> uh, but I think this is a choice uh, cut of it right here. All right. We've reached the lowest point. Good, Mongo. On this, on this program. We have. So, Kurt. That puts me and you. And I got a challenge for you. Wait a second. <laughs> I don't want to fight you because I ain't won one in 20 years. (laughs) 
what I got for you is a challenge. Because as much as I want to be a horseman, I know if I come out here right now, I'd not only put him in danger, but I put my best friend in danger, and I can't do that. <laughs> Waltman crying with the <laughs> fake tears. Like Conan as Mongo. So what I'm doing tonight is I got a challenge to you. And I ain't got much to offer you because the beer's spoken for. <laughs> but what I do got is I got a spot. A spot with the four horsemen. Not just a spot, not a liver spot, not a spot like your dog spot. No, not just any spot, but my spot. <laughs> so I need to know right now. Bastards. Do you accept it? My spot, not their spot, liver spot, dog spot, anybody's spot, my spot. To become a four horseman. Not my spot, anybody's spot, dog spot, liver spot, my spot. As much as I want to say, I'm a double-A fan. As much as I want to say, I like to be a four horseman. It's hard to say because I don't like you and I don't like the four horsemen. But I tell you what, it would be an honor. Well, they're crying. Yeah. Former yeah, caller of the show, Buff Bagwell. Oh, not. I, poor Buff this week. Like we do. I, I ask about security. All I, right. I, so, uh, like I said, I literally could have played the entire 11 minute segment. Uh, that's the highlight. There's a bit, because I watched the entire segment today. There's a bit when, you know, they, they're setting up like Gene is at the bottom of the ramp and he's going to bring the four horsemen out. And Mongo and Waltman come out and they do the deal. And Gene's like, I want no part of this. And they go to the ring. And there's a bit when Waltman gets to the ring and he does the woo. And he says, as Flair, he goes, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs and I don't even know why. Woo. (laughs) Which is one of my favorite underrated lines, not only just in this promo, but in wrestling history, like we and my buddies used to just say that to each other all the time. Like that killed us for some <laughs> reason. I have no idea why, but it was just so great. Um, obviously, no Benoit. Um, there was rumor that they were going to have a mannequin in the ring to be Benoit. <laughs> and uh, they chose wisely not to go that route, uh, knowing what we know now. <laughs> they don't want to make him mad. <laughs> No, there's like the lore to this segment that like, why didn't the horsemen come out and stop them? Um, you know, it was just goofing around. And then, you know, like Arn was pissed. And Flair was pissed. And like everybody else is like, hey, like, are we all like working? Like, isn't this how we're going to get heat and everything? And like, it makes sense if they're going to get heat. But then like the horsemen are made to look ridiculous at war games. But we'll get to war games when we get to war games, you know? Yeah, nobody got over on the NWO, so right. <laughs> when they clowned on somebody, it just, like, reinforced the fact that they're going to beat everybody. Yeah, you know, that's that's the, one of the only things in hindsight uh, about this. Yeah, still uh, worth it, though. Yeah, still worth it. Still one of the most memorable moments of the Monday Night War. Um, you know, no one's in blackface, so they could still show it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not like the DX one. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm sure we won't be playing that one when that comes. Nope, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. We're you know, uh, like I said, listen. When we get to uh, 2023, 
the 98 Raws and Nitros should line up with us. And, uh, yeah, I won't be playing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, hey, another thing uh, on this day in wrestling history, four years ago today, Adam. Oh. Was the very first all-in pay-per-view. First and only. First and only. Uh, you know, this started as the bet between Cody and Dave Meltzer uh, about running the 15,000-seat building and selling it out. Um, the branding behind all of this, that it's the largest independent wrestling show of all time. Up until this past weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Up in, so, A, up until this past weekend. And, B, if you take out of the fact that this was just a stealth Ring of Honor show that used all of Ring of Honor's building connections, uh, ticketing people, staff, camera people, like, right on down the line... And then when they started their own promotion three months later, <laughs> Ring of Honor got pissed. And that's why you've never seen this show again on AEW TV. Some would say that that might be the reason that Tony Khan bought a, a Ring of Honor so that he could have access to this footage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, in everybody's but, mind, this but, is the, I was going to say, in everybody's mind, this is the first AEW show, even though like it wasn't. Right. So it, it makes sense to get that footage. Now I I popped it up real quick. Is there any way? And again, I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna actually pull this up on my phone, so you're not like looking at the screen share. Okay. Is there any way that you can name any of the matches on this show? Ah, uh, it's gonna be weird because I'm gonna remember like weird like not the top matches. Right, I feel and like, that's fine. Uh wasn't it Joey Janela versus Hangman? Right in a Chicago street fight. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Fuck! I know that uh, that 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 idiot that got canceled <laughs> won the battle royal to get onto the pay per view. Uh, okay, now before you said before you oh, said won the battle royal, that yeah. cast a wide <laughs> swath of people that are on this show who've been canceled. Yeah, no, I know. Um, oh, I know one. Uh, Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell. Right there, you go. <laughs> That's that was the main event. That one sticks out. Um, no, I honestly I don't remember anything else. I remember Joey Ryan had fucking dick druids, but uh, most of the show is very forgettable for me. I know the Bucks maybe against uh, Lucha Bros. Okay, uh, yeah, so I remember there was a pre-show battle royal. To determine who would get a title shot at the Ring of Honor title. Again, it's an independent show, but all the Ring of Honor titles are being defended. Um, and there was also the Briscoes taking on Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian on the opening. Okay. Uh, the Battle Royal had a bunch of people in it. Most notably, uh, Ethan Page was in the Battle Royal. Mm -hmm. And it's been four years. Um, Ethan Page agented the Battle Royal. But because the Battle Royal aired on free TV, if you remember, like, the whatever, the, like, the WGN, like, Chicago station was. Yeah. Um, and there was, like, men and women wrestling each other. Apparently, that got a little bit of heat on him. And they kind of had to, like, wait for that to cool off before they hired him. Because uh, it's, it's fucking his fault, right? That well, listen, somebody had to take the heat. And, you know, it's going to pay off when they announce his figure this weekend, right? That we helped him get. With exactly. the hashtag, right? Yeah. Uh, so main show is uh, M-Dog, Matt Cross, taking on MJF. Yeah, no memory of that. Christopher Daniels taking on Stephen Amell, as you mentioned. Five-star classic. Uh, listen to this four-way women's match. 
Dr. Britt Baker. I've heard of her. Taking on Madison Rain. Heard of her. Poor Chelsea. Heard of her. And Tessa Blanchard. I've heard of her. Uh, Cody Rhodes beating Nick Aldis uh, for the NWA title. I fucking completely forgot that any of that happened. And they go, you know, as big of an NWA like legacy mark as I am, you know, like I just don't remember Cody being their champ. Right. Um, <laughs> so if you're like, if you remember like Cody had like his team with him and his team was like DDP and Glacier and someone else. <laughs> yeah. And then Nick Aldis is part of his team had double J. And I'm just going to say, listen, double J is the reason that all these things happen when it comes right down to it. He never loses. That's right. Uh, Hangman Page versus Joey Janelle in the Chicago street fight. Uh, Jay Lethal defending the Ring of Honor world title against the winner of the Battle Royal, Flip Gordon, from that's, earlier in the evening. That's the fucking guy I was thinking of, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Kenny Omega taking on Penta L0M. Okay. Uh, Okada taking on Marty Skrull. O- Okada against Skrull? Yeah, that's your semi-main. Whew. What a now, time to be alive. <laughs> now, I want to just let you know. So, from the Cody match going forward, okay, every match is minimally 20 to 25 minutes bell to bell, not including entrances, not including post-match shenanigans, right? Yeah. So, the main event runs short. And if you remember, they had to cut the main event down to, like, four minutes. So, the main event is the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi taking on Bandito, Ray Phoenix, and Ray Mysterio Jr. <laughs> okay, now I remember that, because I, I see every once in a while, like, the, the major group, the cards go up for sale, and, like, you'll see the Okada card or the Ray Mysterio card, and I'm like, what the fuck they have a card for? And uh-huh. I forget that they were even on the show, you know? Right, but minimally three canceled people on that show, on yeah, the main even- show. Yeah, you go go through that battle royal. I'm sure you'll get a bunch more. Right, you're not even talking about the battle royal. Just talking about the main show. Three canceled people, like mega canceled, like they're done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a what a bad show that first show was. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I I remember. Uh, I tried to order that pay per view, but you it like wasn't carried on direct TV and I wasn't a, an internet pay-per-view savvy person back in the day. So it was like, I was, I was very confused when I called my local cable operator and I couldn't get it. So I had to get it through nefarious means a few days later, but I've never watched a single match from it since, you know? Right. But it was the catalyst and the proof of concept of this that kind of helped Tony Khan finagle and start AEW which gets announced in January and they have their first pay-per-view in May and they get their TV in September. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll say it one more time. Boy, this show sucks. <laughs> but it was a necessary evil to get what we got today. Exactly. Yeah. No uh, AEW, we'd have probably, I don't know, Vince would still be running things. So somehow, like, that, the, yeah, somehow Vince wouldn't have gotten found out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was all spies from AEW leaking those stories, planting those stories, if you will. Right. <laughs> oh, and the oh, and the other thing, the commentary team, because a bunch of the pictures of it were going around. The commentary team for the show was uh, Ian Riccoboni. All right. Uh, Excalibur and Don Callis. Uh, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm not going to ask you who the third is. <laughs> but. So, hey, uh, enough about the past. Let's look at the more recent past. 
Uh, what would you like to talk about from the last seven days in the world of professional wrestling? Uh, I'm going to complain about Dynamite and the Moxley CM Punk stuff. Okay. I'm going to shit on this stuff. What? Maybe, maybe I'm in the minority. But, all right, first things first, we're in Chicago. So all right. This, this is CM Punk country. You know, it is what it is. Mox comes out. Mox is awesome. Mox is a killer. He says that Punk is mentally and physically weak. Crowds booing the shit out of him. I like it. You're not going to get a babyface response to John Moxley after he destroys CM Punk. You're in Chicago. I'm fine with that. He leaves a, a, a blank title match, a signed contract in the ring. Ace Steel, backstage guy, CM Punk friend, whatever, comes out and gets it. I'm fine with all that. So an hour later... Because apparently nobody else had the opportunity well, to sign that contract. It was just well, in the Ace pocket. Steel grabbed it. And Ace yeah. is a tough guy. Unless you were going to go and try to fight Ace Steel, you weren't going to get it. All right. Eh, whatever. So nobody else signs it. CM Punk comes out. All like mopey. And he lost his smile. I don't know if I have it anymore. And the crowd's booing the shit out of him. So did all of the people who were booing Moxley in the first segment go to the bathroom, leaving behind only John Moxley fans? It made no sense that both Moxley and CM Punk are getting booed. The crowd freaking hated that CM Punk promo when he was all mopey and sad sack, you know, and crying. And they're like, oh, he looks like he hasn't slept in weeks, you know, or like whatever. He let everybody down. I hated all that. Ace Steel comes out. He injects the only life into this whole sad sack promo that was there. Because if it wasn't for Ace Steel, that whole segment was dog shit. So Ace Steel, you know, motivates him, tells him to fucking wake up, whatever, slaps him. I'm fine with all that. But then all of a sudden, CM Punk found his smile. And he's all like, yeah, I'm going to win the title. I'm going to fight. And he goes out to the crowd and it's like a light switch went off. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's the motivation of his best friend, his old friend, his coach, his trainer, whatever. I don't buy any of that. I just felt like it was way too convenient of a transition. If this was a storyline done over the course of a couple weeks, maybe, you know, where CM Punk is, you know, down on his luck or whatever, not down. I'm not talking like fucking sad sack Corbin, but like, just like he can cut the, I don't have it promo. And then the next week, maybe have a steel, you know, get in his face. And then the next week you can have the suddenly energetic CM Punk. It was just a lot of stuff like crammed into two segments. And then obviously we have Moxley coming out again later, which again, I love Moxley. I love this. Nobody can touch me Moxley, but you dedicated three big segments to one match and spoiler about all out. When we talk about it later, there's like 27 matches on this card. I just thought that if you're going to be selling the main event, I don't think this was a great sale. Like I'm going to watch it no matter what I'm going to, look forward to it no matter what but this uh especially the punk promo really didn't do anything to further my uh desire to watch the match okay uh so i'm gonna do my best to keep like my armchair booking to a minimum right um if you listen to we need wrestling this past week i really felt dj got into it like talking about like how we as fans and long-term fans and i'm with dj like If I'm not thinking about comic books, I'm thinking about wrestling. If I'm not thinking about wrestling, I'm thinking about comic books. But wrestling very much permeates, like, a lot of my thought process. And I want to figure things out. I want to, like, fantasy book things. But I really just kind of need to let things play out. um, And just kind of be along for the ride. As opposed to trying to figure things out, build something up in my head, and then be upset when the thing that I built up in my head that nobody else knew was going to happen. Because I... 
I thought of it in my head and I didn't tell anyone and then it doesn't happen and I get mad. Um, uh, so, okay. But to analyze what we just saw here, uh, you need to, so yes, it would have been much better if they had, you know, you, 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 you drug this out over several episodes of dynamite or rampage or whatever, but time is of the essence. We're on a short schedule. It is what it is. We got a hot shot. Some of this stuff. I'm not that upset about that. Okay. Uh, then on Dynamite this week, you you uh, devote three big segments on your TV show to one match. The main event for your pay-per-view for the Undisputed World title. Devote the entire two hours to it. It's your main event. It's the world title. It should be the main focal point of the show, right? But it's, it's also a main event that doesn't need to be sold. So oh, I, don't agree, but, I don't agree with you on that. Yeah. But maybe it does. Because it, there was, you know, disc- even like we questioned it last week. And there were people leading up to Dynamite starting that people were saying. And, like, even the way that it was presented on TV was, like, we don't know what the main event of the TV show is. So the fact or the, of the pay-per-view is. Because the way that last week, like, well, Punk lost. So, obviously, he's not going to wrestle again for the title at the pay-per-view. But that was the plan all along. We just didn't know what the plan was. And because there was such confusion on the online community, which is a big part of the AEW audience... Uh, I feel as though they needed to devote that time to make sure that everyone at home watching knew what the main event of the pay-per-view was very clearly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Moxley comes out, it's Chicago, and of course he's going to get booed. But he wasn't, like, roundly booed because Moxley has been, like, a killer badass all of 2022. I would say it was, like, a 60-40 split, like, against Moxley, right? I wouldn't say it was, like, 100% against Moxley. Okay. Uh, so then a steel takes the thing Now I would have had a bit where maybe you had somebody try to come out and get the contract beforehand and like, just even to put over like, okay, a steel is just an agent, but he's also like a badass that he like lays someone out who tried to grab the contract ahead of him. Right. Mm -hmm. But again, that's me post post script fantasy booking that I feel I can do that. You know? So punk comes out and cuts his sad sack promo and the crowd boos because this is their hero. This is the man who just was the champion. We want him to be the champion. And I don't think they were booing him so much as they were booing his demeanor and his decision to give up. Right? They weren't booing. They were saying bad booking. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now, I will say, uh, best part of the promo was when A Steel comes out and gets to say fuck on TV. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, you know, maybe a lot of this would work better if it was a closer friend um, of CM Punk's that maybe isn't a friend anymore. Hmm. Uh, hmm. But listen, there was a lot. And then, you know, like, unfortunately, at this point, AEW is kind of like damned if they do, damned if they don't. Um, I'm a fan like me. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt at this point to say, like, let's see how this plays out. You know, I'm in the market. I'm in the mood for something different. Did you see the discourse on today? that that promo stunk because no one knows who Ace Steel is. And they should have shown, like, vignettes and promos and Jesus. stuff to kind of build up who he was. So when he comes out and cuts that promo and, like, hypes Punk up, it means something. Yeah, but these – I didn't see that, but I'm not surprised by it. But I'm sure these are the same people that said there should have been, like, a vignette explaining CM Punk's music against MJF. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, how am I supposed to follow it when he's coming out to a different song? Right. And I saw I saw somebody else like, yeah, when I left WrestleMania 18, there were so many people confused. They didn't know who Arn Anderson was. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I just think there's going to be a group of people that are just going to like, it's AEW, it's the best thing ever. And there's another group of people that are going to be, it's AEW, I'm going to nitpick everything they do because all I've known for the last 21 years is World Wrestling Entertainment. I like to think that I fall somewhere in the middle of that, that I'm willing to give even both companies the benefit of the doubt, and we'll get into, like, WWE stuff here shortly. Um, I thought the build was good. I have an idea of where things are going to go, but I like the fact that I don't know where things are going to go. Like, a million different things could happen at the pay-per-view, and all of them, I have faith that they're going to do their best to try to explain it. Yeah, I mean, I get you. I just feel like more often than not on this podcast, especially, I am so obviously pro AEW, and I feel like I just pour praise on a lot of things they do. And when something either falls flat or doesn't meet my expectations, I feel like that's time for me to just go ahead and take a shot at them. You know what I'm saying? And I, sure. I don't mean like, oh, taking an unnecessary shot. I legitimately didn't care for any, many of those segments. So I feel like it's it's part of me being fair and balanced, Joe. Oh, gotcha. You know? <laughs> but. Uh, so I, the, so we talked about AEW, WWE this week. Uh, SmackDown, Raw. I know SmackDown is taped because everyone's going over for the pay-per-view. Um, but... I love the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn stuff that's going on right now. I shit you not. That's my other thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously for the last several weeks, Sammy has been doing everything that he can to get into the bloodline. Uh, two weeks ago when they were in Montreal and for some reason, Jimmy and Jay couldn't get across the border. Who knows? Could be anything. Um <laughs> And, you know, Roman invites him into the, into his dressing room and they get to have like a little whatever. And Sammy's kind of like the comedy relief character. Like he makes Roman crack like out of character. Um, and then the bit on Raw this past week with the match with Kevin Owens where they're like, all right, well, Sammy, if you're with us, you're going to lay Kevin out. And he didn't. And then Sammy's like, well, no, I, I didn't do it. Not because I like Kevin. It's because the referee would have seen me out of his periphery and disqualified Jay from the match. That's the reason I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So and then Kevin just continually replies to all of Sammy's tweets with gifts of them hugging. <laughs> um. I love it. It's fantastic. Um. Yeah. It's, you know, fun, nuanced storytelling with characters that I like. And, you know, when you give people in the world wrestling entertainment that have been good in the past have shown you that they could do good and you give them, you know, kind of a little bit of free reign, you get stuff like this. Um, so, yeah, I, I really think the, the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens stuff has been really good, whether it be, I don't think, I, I, I like I said, I, the last couple of weeks of WWE TV has kind of given me some faith and some hope uh, that this is going to be like a satisfying ending. And if it's not, then I can just be like, oh, well, same old WWE, you know, I won't mm -hmm. be that upset by it. But I've been enjoying what I've seen the last couple of weeks of this, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, obviously, I up until uh, the change of leadership in WWE, like most of SmackDown and Raw was completely skippable for me. But one of the things that I did always make it a point to stop and watch would be, you know, the Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Uso promos, because I'm like, whatever, I'm, I enjoy the, that stuff. I, I acknowledge my tribal chief, my head of the table, Mr. Uwa, man, all that stuff. Um, so 
on last week's SmackDown, as you mentioned, they're in Montreal. I'm like, oh, I like seeing the hometown pops, you know, for, for certain guys. And especially if they're heels, I want to see if they get the, the baby face reaction. So I made it a point to check that out. And that's where I kind of discovered like the, maybe, I don't know if it was the first interaction, but you know, probably the first sit down between Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. And I, like you said, I fucking love the dynamic of like a serious guy and a guy who's a jokester, but is also kind of awkwardly nervous talking to Roman Reigns. You know, like sometimes when you're super nervous, you don't stop talking. And that's what I get from the Sami Zayn thing. And it kind of, I don't want to say it's exactly the same, but it reminds me a lot of like Kurt Angle uh, being the comedy guy to Austin straight man, you know, like 20 years ago or whatever, 15 years ago. Um, so that makes me pop. But I like the fact that Jay Uso doesn't like him, but him and Jimmy have a, a like a special handshake, which is just completely silly. Um, and, and like I said, whether this turns into, you know, Sami Zayn turning on the bloodline and siding with Kevin Owens or or what, like, I'm open to it, and I'm enjoying it. So a, a rare WWE storyline, at least on main roster, that I'm enjoying. Absolutely. Um, I did have a spare, in case we overlapped. Uh, not a lot of details on this, but I just want to say, going back to Dynamite, the uh, main event, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Will Ospreay and the United Empire, that match fucking ruled. Um, I will complain a little bit. That uh, and this is not really match related, but it's trios tournament related. And now I haven't read the spoilers and I don't want to. But obviously on tomorrow night's show, Hangman is joining the Dark Order, which I think we all saw coming. But that probably means the best friends aren't advancing in the tournament. So we're going to end up with the elite versus the Dark Order in the finals. I'm sure it'll be a fair. I mean, a good match, but it's not fair to the best friends. Damn, I wanted them to strap up OC, but. Going back to the match, I fucking love that match. Yes, it was all flippy, kicky, high spot stuff, but I like that, so I'm guilty. So uh, Rampage is actually live this week. Uh, was oh, okay. not taped, so you're Perfect. okay. You're okay there. Perfect. Uh, secondly, uh, you know, I mentioned last week I'll never be a Will Osprey guy, um, and I would say out of that match, the six people in that match, two of them I actively don't like. Three what did of Kenny the, Omega ever do to you? Who? <laughs> I said, what did Kenny Omega ever do to you? Uh, like, I like Kenny, but, like, I'm, I I don't know. There's just, like, I I got a kick out of the entrance, kind of needling Osprey about his uh, back and forth that he had with Kevin Nash on social media this week, which was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, that was a great entrance. Um, I'm starting to come around on Kenny a bit. Like, I, I appreciate Kenny for the wrestler that he is, but, um, you know, he's an amazing athlete, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it'll never be my guy. Same thing with Will Ospreay. The Aussie Open guys, I don't know who they are, and that's on me. Didn't one of them used to be called Dunkzilla Davis, maybe? Someone correct me on that. <laughs> um, and I, I can admit I will never be a Will Ospreay guy for a litany of reasons, but there was a counter-reversal that he did out of Kenny's Snapdragon suplex that was one of the most unbelievable feats of athleticism I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Ooh, uh, Ooh, I'm not gonna say anything bad about Will Ospreay. Cause that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoyed the match. Uh, participants notwithstanding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, unfortunately, and you know, we'll get into it when we get to, uh, does Joan of the card. Uh, sadly, I have a feeling it's not going to be the best friends going on to the pay-per-view. 
Uh, but that's okay. I'm I'm certain that once like whatever this little storyline bit is over, um, you know, Trio's championship will probably be in the OC uh, goal uh, like camp uh, sooner than later. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's looking more likely for the best friends than the undisputed elite. <laughs> yes, for sure. But all right, yeah, so that's all else? I got too. That's all I got. All right, let's get into this then. Oh, no, wait, you're supposed to say your thing. Oh, hey, Supernatural. Joe, did you know that there are two pay-per-views this weekend? Well, technically three, but I don't count that one. Oh. It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Beyond the show. Brian Danielson. No, no. That's right, Joe. We are going to go ahead and just skip NXT Worlds Collide. Um, I would not recognize a lot of the names if they were written down in front of me. And we are going to acknowledge that, according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, the WWE is holding Clash at the Castle this weekend, and AEW is holding All Out. Starting with Clash at the Castle, Joe, do you know the card? How many matches are there announced? Uh, uh, As of right now, and I'm sure uh, tomorrow seven more matches will get added, um, but Wikipedia says there are six. And if there's one request I have for the Triple H regime, can we fucking get the card written down like more than a day, two days in advance, you know? Anyways, but yes, six matches, none of them announced for the pre-show. Hmm. Okay. Uh, obviously, I know we got Roman versus Drew. That's been getting a big push, you know? Yeah. Um, the rest of the card, (laughs) they're doing Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. Like, she won something on SmackDown this week. I think the title match is this weekend, right? Yeah, that Liv versus Shayna is on the pay-per-view for the SmackDown okay. women's title. Uh, I know they did the big paper, like they did the big promo on TV this week with Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. So I think that's happened at the pay-per-view. That's number three. Um, Gunther defended the Intercontinental title against Sheamus. That is correct. And... So, four. okay, I know there's something going on with, like, Edge and Rey Mysterio and Judgment Day, but, like, I don't know, like, is Dominic in the match? Uh, it Did is, something happen with Rhea Ripley this week that I, like, I can't figure out from, like, wrestling Twitter? Uh, just a bunch of her tweets and what she likes on Instagram, but other than that, nothing that affected her status in this match. Um, okay. It is a two-on-two match. Okay, so I'm guessing it's Edge and Ray against uh, the Archer of Infamy, uh, Damian Priest, and Finn Balor. That is correct. You're forgetting the most important match on the show. What was that? You're forgetting the most important match on the show. Is there an Alexa Bliss match on the show? There is. See, because why did I think they were doing, like... Bianca defended the title against someone. No, nope, Bianca's involved. 
Oh, is it a six man then? A six woman? It's three on three. All right. So it's Bailey's group. It's her, uh, Io Shirai, and Dakota taking on Alexa Bliss, Bianca. And I have no idea who the third person could be. Nobody's oh, ready. Oscar. Oscar. It's got it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. I pieced it together. I got there eventually. That's true. Like there's pieces there. I just, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, not much of a pay-per-view here. Uh, I like, I, so I'm interested, interested to see what they're going to do with Drew and Roman. Um, cause it's Drew's hometown. And I really feel as though they're going to have Drew win the belt, but like Roman shouldn't be losing the belt. So like, I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think Sheamus is going to win the Intercontinental title. They've been kind of building that up, that that's the only single title, single title he's never won in WWE. And have him win it and have Butch fucking turn on him and just go back to being Pete Dunne afterwards. Or something, you know? Um, I don't care about the Edge and Ray and Judgment Day stuff. The women's six-man will be good, right? Mm. Um, As people and as, like, I'm sure, like, technically... The Matt Riddle Seth Rollins match will be good, but I just don't care. And uh, I don't know. I I like Shayna Baszler, and I hope she uh, smears Liv Morgan <laughs> on the canvas. The sad thing about Liv Morgan is that she is presented as one of the the weakest, least credible world champions on the company. But at the same time, they're going to have her somehow beat this like killer of a woman in Shayna Baszler. You know, it's going to be make no sense. I like that I don't know that for sure. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the the Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, I agree with you. It, I do not think Roman should drop the title until Mania. I know I've been saying that for a long time. Um, and to have, like, I'd like to see Drew McIntyre come up big in his hometown. I think it would be a great crowd reaction. But at the end of the day, this is like a C-list pay-per-view, you know? And it's like, you're going to have your the top guy in your company and Roman Reigns lose, you know, the undisputed championship on like a C-list show. Might as well just do it on a fucking live event, you know? Well, it's the first time WWE's doing a pay-per-view premium live event, whatever outside of, you know, the continental North America in like 30 years. Uh, it's in the guy's hometown. They've been building the whole thing up. You know what? I'll throw my prediction and say Drew wins. But he don't have it, like, he don't get to the next pay-per-view with the belt. Does he lose it back to Roman, or does it transition to somebody else? He loses it back to Roman. But then Roman loses his, like, whatever he's on with, like, a 500-and-something-day consecutive streak, and I don't like that. You know, I don't think... It's actually, like, seven it's 700-plus days. I don't like it either, but that's just my prediction. Again, if I'm wrong, I'm not going to be upset. Because the storyline is there either way, you know? Mm. See, I think that's the it's the problem with having... Like, I love Roman Reigns. I love having him have all the belts and just be the top, top guy. But, number one, you've tied up two world championships. So nobody else can be the other guy. And when you have somebody be this dominant champion over the course of two-plus years, it's really hard to build a compelling case to have somebody beat him. Because at this point... 
you've built up in your head that whoever does beat him has to be this meteoric superstar. And like Drew McIntyre right now is not that guy. Drew McIntyre going into the pandemic, you know, might have been that guy, you know, but I don't know if WWE has that guy right now. Or okay. Isn't presenting somebody because I mean, you can anybody with talent can be that guy. You know, Kevin yes. Owens can be that guy. It's just the way the, that these people have been booked over the last couple of years. You know, they have to rehab. Right. Okay. So I'll say this: wrestling is different than it was six months ago, a year ago, let alone thirty years ago. Okay. Mm. Going into SummerSlam '92 with Brett taking on the Bulldog. Okay. Literally. Less than a month prior to the pay-per-view, the Bulldog was on TV feuding with and on the losing end, at least on TV, with the Repo Man, okay? (laughs) Once it got announced that the pay-per-view was going to be taking place in England and they switched it to Davey versus Brett, just being in his hometown enough was was enough to shine Davey up enough to be that credible contender in his hometown. Having his hometown people, 92,000 people, whatever behind him, right? Sure, but I will argue, no no disrespect to Bret Hart. Right. Bret Hart was not Roman Reigns. Bret Hart that year was not Roman Reigns no. this year. And, no, he was not. And the, like, the Intercontinental title is not the Undisputed World title. And it's not like Bret Hart was the Intercontinental champion for two years. And I and I look, these are all great points. I'm just gonna say, do not underestimate the foreigner hometown advantage. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it would be a huge reaction. It would be electric. It's yeah. just they painted themselves into a corner where yes. whoever beats Roman, you know, it better goddamn be believable because you can't put that genie back in the bottle. Right. You know. All right, Joe. There's another show, and that is AEW All Out. And once again, according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling information and news, there are 14 announced matches. (laughs) Three of which are on the pre-show. And like you said, we still don't have the live uh, Rampage results, so maybe more will get added. Um, Right. Joe, do you know the card for this? Maybe. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, hang on. I got to write these things down. So I'm eliminating them. We got Punk and Moxley, right? Yeah. Okay. We got uh, FTR and Wardlow versus Jay Lethal and the Motor, Motor, uh, Motor City Machine Guns. Yep. We got uh, Athena taking on Jade Cargill. Yep. We got the four-way for the uh, interim women's title, uh, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Hikaru Shida, and Tony Storm. That's four. We got Jack Perry, Herm, Sassafras taking on Christian. That's five. Barely halfway there. <laughs> a little bit more than a third. <laughs> we got the finals for the, the trios tag thing, which is more than likely going to be uh, Kenny and the Bucks against uh, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and his fancy beard, and uh, Adam Page. Yeah, and uh, Alex Reynolds looks like uh, Cowboy James Storm now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, uh, okay. Six. 
Did is House of Black versus Miro, Darby, and Sting official? Uh, it is. Okay. That's seven. Ha- a l- little bit more than halfway there. Uh, are we counting Kingston versus Tom Ishii? Uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Kingston is on the pre-show. So but is that counts. one of the... Is that yes. one of the 14 matches? It is. It's one. Of, it's three pre-show matches, a total of 14. Okay. Uh, we have Danielson versus Jericho. Yep. That's nine. I'm trying to picture the roster in my head and not have a ton of dead air, you know? <laughs> Fine. I'll fix this all in post later. Oh, yeah, you'll fix this in post. <laughs> I made a live auction bid on eBay while you were thinking. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of who I'm leaving out. Because that's the thing. You got 15 matches. They're trying to get everyone on the card, you know? Yeah, 14. 14. But you have nine so far. Uh, Ricky Starks versus Hobbs. Power, po- 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 powerhouse Hobbs. Yep. That's 10. Acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory. That's 11. (laughs) And I'm going to say that I think that's all I got. All right. So you had 11. So you're missing three. Not bad. Uh, And it's actually two relatively hard ones to get and one uh, slam dunk. But uh, on the pre-show for the FTW Championship... We have Hook versus Cool Hand Angelo Parker. Okay, now see, I didn't know that was officially announced, but okay. Yeah, that had a graphic last night, so. Okay. Uh, the other pre-show match for the All-Atlantic Championship, Pack versus Kip Sabian. I can't believe I forgot a Kip Sabian match. <laughs> hey, give the guy a chance. Um, give Rodney a chance! <laughs> give Rodney a chance! Anyway. I hope that I hope there's room for Penelope Ford in this rebranding of Kip, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and lastly, you forgot the casino ladder match. Ah, okay, good. So casino, you say the casino ladder match. Uh, that is Lucha Brothers. That is uh, Roosh and Andrade. That is Claudio and Willer Yuta and the Joker. And Dante Martin. And Dante Martin. Thank you, Dante Martin. Yeah. And is it me, or did they used to have more people in these, or am I just remembering it wrong? No, you know no. what? I'm, I'm thinking of like the one that has the suits. good for a match like this. Eight people is plenty. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking of the fucking ones that have, like, oh, the clubs are coming out now. That's, like, the Battle Royal. That's yeah. what I'm confused with. This one just has, this is the one, like, Ethan Page debuted two years ago. And right. Johnny Elite fucking last year. <laughs> so, um, all right, big predictions. Uh, okay. Moxley Punk. Uh, okay. Now bear in mind, this is not, I need to preface this and say, there's not fantasy booking. Uh-huh. Uh, this is predictions. Uh, punk wins and turns heel. Okay. Um, the I'd promo like to... on dynamite this week, he came out and him being all sad sack was fake to get the what? people behind him and to lull them into a false sense of security when he turns on not, John Moxley, but the fans this Sunday on the pay-per-view. Like, somehow, like, I could even see it be, like, somehow 
uh, CM Punk has like a babyface promo tomorrow night on Rampage where he says that like, you know, John Moxley, you want to be a killer? Let's make this no DQ or something like that. And then just CM Punk just cheats nonstop to win, like chairs and bats and fucking barbed wire or whatever. You know, uh, I could see that. No, it's it's he's it's got to be like one big shitty thing that he does. Okay. Yeah. I know you do a lot of times fantasy booking your buddy Phil, so I I, I, I defer to you on this one. <laughs> right. When I close my eyes, that's what I dream about. <laughs> Uh, new women's champ. Who's the new women's champ? Jamie Hayter. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I mean, anybody but Britt, you know, but uh, no disrespect on Sheeta, but I think she's had two runs already or at least one. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of like either Tony Storm or Hayter would be ideal, but at least with Hayter, you have the, the, the back and forth of, you know, not playing second fiddle to Britt anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, not a lot of, I mean, obviously, no disrespect to Athena, she ain't beating Jade Cargill, we got a Roman Reigns situation going on here, you know, um, swerving our glory versus the acclaimed, is it time to strap up the acclaimed? No. See, I, I don't know, strike while the iron's hot there, swerving our glory is a makeshift tag, they, they were teasing them, fighting amongst each other, as recently as the last pay-per-view. I think there's a plus Joe, if you read Twitter, uh, both Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are leaving to go to NXT soon. So, oh yeah. Uh, Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland, uh, Alistair Black, Brian yep. Danielson, all of these guys, they all want out of their AW contracts. Yeah. Adam Cole, cool. Kyle, <laughs> only know? Bob fish is the actually only one who's going. <laughs> yeah. Bob fish is very funny on Twitter is all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, how about this? You want, uh, again, predictions. Yeah, what do you got? Um, during the Acclaim Swerve Keith Lee match, that's where we get to see the full breadth of whatever Stokely's stable is. And they come out and kind of like lay everyone out. Like but Ethan Page, does... the Ass Boys, W. Morrissey, and maybe <laughs> like a new debut. Yeah. I mean, AEW doesn't do like fuck finishes, though. No, I'm not saying that, like it's gonna be like maybe like a contested finish or like distraction or whatever, you know. Like Stokely is gonna be involved in that match somehow. Yeah. Okay. Only so that we sometime down the road get a Stokely Hathaway Max Caster rap battle. <laughs> Print all the money. <laughs> um. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna. All right. So listen, I'll, I'll just go through my predictions. You stop me. Yeah. Um. Hook wins, and I say that he makes short work of not only Cool Hand Ange, but also Daddy Magic as well. Like, it's essentially like a two-on-one handicap match, and Hook beats them both. Okay. Uh, I have a feeling Kip Sabian's going to win the All-Atlantic title. Yeah, I mean, if you want people to take Kip seriously, you know, he's not the video game guy anymore. You got to give him some wins, and this would be a chance, you know? Uh, I think FTR, Wardlow, Jay Lethal, and the Machine gonna, gonna, is going to be very good. Uh, I think FTR and Wardlow are going to win. I hope, like, before the match, Wardlow beats the shit out of Jay Lethal. So Jay Lethal's <laughs> unable to compete. And then Wardlow's like, guys, I'm going to take the night off. And we just get FTR versus the Motor City Machine Guns. Hmm, I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think um, Christian is going to win. But it's going to be one of those things where, like, Jungle Jack Perry goes too far and the referee, like, 
stops the match and awards it to Christian because Jack goes too far. He looks at his violent hands. Right. <laughs> I honestly hope that, like, somehow... I don't know if I want this feud to continue. You know, I kind of don't. I want Jungle Boy to move on to something else, but obviously he could benefit from working with Christian Cage, as as could everybody. I want Jungle Boy... Or I'm sorry, I want Luchasaurus to finally viciously turn against Jungle Boy somehow. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I, that they I'm, had promised before, and they fucked it up. I'm going to say that... Uh, 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 Dark Order wins the trios title. I don't see that happening. Okay, these are my predictions. Yep. No, I'm. Then this is mine. Uh, Team Sting wins. Miro comes out in Sting Darby face paint, and Sting jumps off something very high. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I'm looking forward. That's uh, a low key uh, favorite match, or like looking forward to the most match. Uh, Eddie versus Tom Ishii is going to be awesome. Um, the fans win in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danielson is going to, no, okay. So, uh, Jericho is going to win because of course he does LOL, but it's going to be because he shames Daniel Garcia into helping him win. And then after the match, Daniel Garcia lays out Jericho. Oh, I like that. Okay. I agree. And then Ricky wins. But it's not like a super clean, super decisive win. But it's not like a slip on a banana peel sort of thing. It's like Hobbs makes a mistake. Ricky does like the big feat to get the much larger Hobbs up for the Rochambeau, which is a terrible name for his finisher as a baby face. He wins from that. And then like Hobbs lays him out because that feud is just getting started. Like this isn't the end of that feud. This is the beginning of that feud. Yeah, both sets of shoulders are down, but the ref only counts powerhouses down somehow. Or so, no. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I hate asking you questions like this because I don't know who you're in group chats with, but uh, the casino ladder match. I'm not going to ask you who you think the the TBD of the casino ladder match okay. is. Okay. But is there anybody in that, you know, as far as the seven man, seven men announced, six men announced that you can see being the... Uh, Future number one contender to the world title. Claudio is going to win it. Okay. The Mr. Now, again, I know nothing. This is my speculation. The mystery person, the the Joker in it, is going to be that Nick Wayne kid that AEW signed a while back and haven't done. They made a big announcement that they signed him. He's like a 17-year-old prodigy. He wrestles in the Pacific Northwest in GCW. GCW is running shows in the area this weekend with Nick Wayne on it. Um, and I think him being the Joker in a flippy do match like this uh, is going to play to his strengths. He doesn't have to win. He just has to have a impressive showing in this match, which he will. But Claudio is going to win because I like the prospect of doing Claudio versus Punk or Claudio versus Moxley, depending on who wins in the main event. See, I don't know anything about this guy you just said. He's so un- unrememberable that I forgot his name already. But that will go over like a fart in church for what the the fans are have come to expect for the wild card or the the Joker. And, uh, and you I'm know sure what, Adam? I'll say this: when it's Nick Wayne and he the crowd goes apeshit for him, I expect an apology. All right, on the show next week. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, I I could be. I'm sure I am in the minority, but right. I'm just speaking for the people who. Just no wrestling from what's on TV. You know, like that would just be like a, oh, And I'm sure he'll turn things around and prove everybody wrong in the ring. But when it's just some dude 
who's like a prodigy who hasn't already been established as an indie talent. It, it, there's a level of letdown from the just the casual fan. And I hate to be that guy. Like, what are you doing to get the casual fans? But I'm just being devil's advocate here. Fair enough. Fair enough. Listen, I, listen I'm just saying, Broski's always ready and his arm is healed. And <laughs> All right, I'm kidding. That was, that was too far. I take that back. <laughs> Broski's crying that he's not ready for his match against Tatanka. <laughs> And it's in a match where you have to catch dives. And oh, God. Fucking, and he tore his tricep by catching a dive of a guy who weighs a buck 50. Give me a fucking break. <sighs> but I'm sure that that dive attempt and messing up Broski's arm probably led to Corjade going to Braun Breaker. It was, it was a disastrous thing overall, you know? That's what did it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Joe, which one of the two shows this weekend are you most looking forward to? Uh, I'm going to say the AEW show. Uh, just by hair, though. It's like 51% to 49%, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting enough, uh, no Sammy Guevara on this show. So who won that feud? <laughs> <laughs> Could be anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, uh, I know we have like one other big thing to talk about, but I'm sure it might get brought up a couple times. So let's get into uh, phone calls, eh? All right. All right. Uh, Adam. Yes. Sepia button time. Hmm. Hello at odds with wrestling. Well, yeah, whatever Artie said before. Hey, Joe, Adam, Big Sue here, your undisputed holder of the at odds sepia button. And no matter what controversy Artie might try to produce here, no matter what that dolt might try to say, my hand was raised at the end of the night. So, here I am. Artie, if you want to do something about it, I'm pretty big. I'm pretty easy to find. So, until next week, gentlemen, have a fantastic week. Regards. Fucking hashtag, I was going to say hashtag sepia gate. You know, that's pretty much what Twitter's been talking about all week. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I like, uh, you know, I like Sue being in charge of the uh, sepia button. You know, the quality of his calls are, you know, I'll say they're better than Artie's, right? Mm. Uh, He did beat Artie to being on uh, Hit My Music, which Artie was on this week, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? I don't want to get too, too far into it because the next call is... uh, Arthur MacArthur. All right, let me hear both sides of this before I weigh in. All right. Hello, Adam. Hello, Joe. The strongest man in all the land. This is supposed to be a happy time. Or if you haven't noticed, uh, I I posted the announcement, which was not the greatest announcement. They didn't really make graphics yet, but it's something. Boxing season versus the legendary Rock and Roll Express. On September 17th. And yes, there's an AIW show that day as well. We're doing that too. That's during the day. Double shot. It's going to be a great time. Defending our belts, possibly winning some belts against one of the greatest tag teams of all time. But we're not talking about that day. No, we're in the midst of a controversy. The controversy that is hashtag sepia gate. Wait a minute. Now, as some of you know, uh, for those who weren't at old wrestling, I'm sure all the listeners here were there to witness this travesty. You know, good old Big Sue has somehow gotten the sepia button from me. And I have to tell you, I don't think it counts. 
<laughs> Let me explain. I think there's something afoot. For those who watched, you saw my partner clean. He said, fuck it. Yes, I swore, but that's his tag team name outside of old. He didn't try. Look at him. Look at the match. He, he's eating popcorn. He can't even squat the symbol monkey. I, I think there was a fix. I think clean was being paid off by Big Sue. Mm. Yeah. Because we all know that Russ Taylor, clean, whatever you want to call him, is one of, a, one of the most talented veteran wrestlers out there. And he just phoned it in, almost as if on purpose, to make me lose. Make me lose the sepia button. And yes, I didn't try to stop the fall because what's the point? It's rigged. The whole thing was rigged against me. Collusion. Professional wrestling isn't supposed to be tampered by such fixed results. <laughs> and if you think you're going to get away with stealing what was rightfully mine and earned, Big Sue, you got another thing coming. Keep talking in your sepia tone because it's not going to last forever. I don't know where. I don't know when. And there's really nothing booked, so this is probably me talking about nothing at this point. <laughs> but Big Sue, I'm challenging you to a match. It can be anywhere. Hit up the promoters. I will face you. A sponsored match of Adod Wrestling determines the true sepia button holder. And Adam, Joe, I think you know that something is afoot. And I hope the listeners know that something's afoot. Because I won't stand for this. That's all I've got this week. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. All right. I feel like since I'm the closest to the situation, since I'm the one actually involved in these matches, I should probably weigh in first. Uh, again, thank you, Artie, for acknowledging this hashtag SepiaGate. Um, when Big Sue called in last week and laid down the challenge uh, of the terms where it's like the winner gets the sepia button, this is my own ignorance. I thought it was a one-on-one -on -one match. I didn't realize that there was going to be uh, uh, all these other moving parts and, like, just the fix might be in. I think Artie has a compelling case there, you know? Like, I smell collusion. It smells real bad. Um, I don't want to just strip Big Sue of the sepia button and award it to Artie. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Holding the sepia button in abeyance might be, uh, <laughs> might be the way to go. What do you think, Joe? So, um, if there were other part people in this match that could have affected the outcome of the fall directly not involving Artie and Sue, and they still agreed to this match taking place, then the onus is on both of them. And I'm seeing a lot of, like, hashtag Gate stuff, but they're like two-and-a-half-year-old tweets in Spanish about a tuna hoagie. I have no idea what the hell's going on. <laughs> um, I think maybe you guys should have picked out a better um, hashtag before you did this bit, you know? <laughs> Uh, that being said, uh, I say already, uh, it's time for, a ch it's good for a time for a change. I say onward and upward. I know he had tweeted that he's got a full calendar of weekends for the month of September and, uh, rest of the rock and roll express is really goddamn cool, man. You know, yeah, uh, I'm real proud of you and Chuck. You guys really busted your asses to get that. And uh, if you have to shed off one thing, the sepia button to go on to something else, then I say like, uh, you know, as I mentioned, onward and upward, my friend. But here's the thing I will say, and I agree with you on all those points. And again, congratulations, Artie and uh, Chuck. Um, but if Big Sue doesn't call in from time to time, 
you know, and just with that sepia button, it's going to turn into the WCW television title where like Artie could just pick it out of the dumpster in a couple months if it's not used. So, uh, you know, that's on that's on Big Sue. But I definitely think a rematch, a one on one rematch down the road uh, is in order, you know. Right. Do like a minor 49er match with a box on a pole on each corner. And the sepia button is in one of those four boxes. Yeah. Beetlejuice somehow gets involved. <laughs> I'll referee the match. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, you recall right down the middle, Daddy. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next call. Hey, what's up, dudes? Uh, it's your boy Kenny from the Mystery Men. Uh, uh, I don't even know where to start this phone call. So much to cover. So much to cover. So much news. You got uh, so great to see you guys and everybody in the family at the LVAC, the greatest independent professional wrestling promotion that ever did live. And uh, sorry for uh, hitting Adam in the head with my freshly won skateboard deck. Uh, Adam, if you want to DM me your address, I got a care package for you. Ooh. Have that right out for you as soon as possible. Um, great to see, uh, Joe, you and, uh, your son Asa, and I know he was a little, uh, he was a little, if you want to beat that, go ahead or right ahead, I apologize. Um, I know he was a little preoccupied at the time, so here's what I'm going to say to him right now. Buddy, I'm super psyched that you're playing drums, and I want you to never stop playing drums. <laughs> if you like it and have fun with it, keep having fun with it. If you bump into somebody who doesn't think it's cool, stand on your two feet and say, no, man, I like to play drums, and it's cool. If you uh, somehow down the road get into some kind of squabble with a band director, that time in your life will uh, end, and you won't have to deal with said band director anymore, and you won't have to get in the way of your relationship with you and your instrument that you should love playing forever. Like I have, and uh, it's a great thing. So anyway, uh, love you guys, love the show, love you all the time. Uh, shout out to our buddy Jonas, all the love to him as well. And uh, yeah, right, boss. <laughs> Thank you for calling, Caddy. And we'll get into more of the LVAC stuff. I have a note to ask you about whatever the hell he's talking about regarding you and a skate deck, and I have no <laughs> idea what the hell you guys are up to. Yeah, I'll just tell you right now, obviously they did the grab bag where if you brought canned goods or non-perishables, you got entered into a drawing, you know, for a bunch of swag. Kenny won that and he was carrying the bag like up above his head going through the crowd. And obviously we'll get into this later. It was packed to the rafters of this place. Um, They fit like nearly 5,000 people in the uh, steel stacks that night. Steel stacks doesn't hold 5,000 people. It did that night. Oh, yeah, of course it all was. But anyways, so he's carrying the thing above his head, uh, and the board caught me hard way. Uh, yeah, I love the I love the business. I got some color. It was fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't hit me that hard, but he, he got me pretty good with the edge of the board as he was walking by. Didn't even didn't even sell it. Like just kept on going. Like kept on walking. I had to tweet it out for him to notice it. But uh, yeah, I'll send a I'll send you my address, Kenny. I want I want a cut of the fucking swag. Yeah. And hey, thanks for the kind words, and believe me, my wife and I try to be as 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 encouraging as possible when it comes to Asa and all the musical inter- interests that he has. Yeah, um, uh, next call. Hey, Adam. Hey, Joe. It's Jayhawk. Uh, 
I'm going to try to actually keep this not wrestling related for a change. Getting kind of burned out on a bunch of stuff, although the punk and Moxley promo on Dynamite, great stuff. Uh, what I've learned this week is that Walmart needs to go back to 24 hours and go back now. Then hmm. I don't like Walmart to begin with, but I especially don't like when I have to go in there for one thing and i got to wait like 20 minutes to check out because everybody else is being an idiot. I give them a self-checkout for like insanely long, just drives me completely up the freaking wall. But that's neither here nor there. That's a rant for IWTV guide when we're slow and not for your guys' show. Uh, I'm going to do a quick plug for IWTV guide. We're going to be watching last weekend's Outback show and reviewing that on the show to come out next week. We'll be recording that for Monday night. I should drop probably Wednesday would be my guess. Should be a fun. Should be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question for you guys this week. And you can keep the correct related if you want, or if not, that's fine. Who are your guys' first celebrity crushes? Uh, mine, Kelly Kapowski, Hey by the Bell. Jimmy Seekin's a couple years older than me, and still freaking gorgeous. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good choice. Uh, my second celebrity crush is actually Lisa Loeb. Today I missed you. It's really weird. I like to say that Lisa Logan Sarik and I have a thing for women named Lisa, women wearing glasses, and women named Lisa who wear glasses. <laughs> That's all I got, guys. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. All right. I, I just want to ask, uh, Jayhawk, did you file the proper paperwork to get clearance to review an LVAC show uh, with, you know, other than us? You know, right. we, are the, we are the exclusive home of LVAC reviews. <laughs> Um, well, I I will also say, uh, speaking of the LVAC show, if I've learned nothing from Sidney Bacabella, and I have, I've learned nothing from him, uh, (laughs) that if you go to Walmart and you use the self-checkout thing and it doesn't scan the first time, you just get to take it. Absolutely. And if they're, they ask to see your receipt as you're walking out, just keep going. They don't have the fucking, they're not the law. Yes, (laughs) it didn't print. It didn't print. Yeah. They're going to fucking do, stop you? The fucking Walmart receipt checkers don't have the power of subpoena. Just keep right. going. Right. <laughs> you know? But uh, first crush, Joe. Um, honestly, Kelly Kapowski is a good one, but she might be my second. I, w- I feel like Alyssa Milano on, like, Who's the Boss might have been my first. Because I was just, like, fucking eight or ten or something, <laughs> you know? So I was a bit of a late bloomer. <laughs> and I re- like seriously, and I really didn't get like into girls, maybe until like seventh or eighth grade. Okay, I thought you were gonna be like seventeen or eighteen. <laughs> no, no. Um, but like I would look at like girls in like movies and TV shows and music and stuff, and I'd be like, oh, they're attractive, but I would never like crush on them, you know? Yeah. It was just like, oh, that's an attractive person, but they're like. A celebrity and like my mind just never kind of worked that way I, I can't put my finger on it so <laughs> my first real celebrity crush and again this is going to see you know what you call a celebrity um would have been like summer of 1995 so i was like 18 and it was uh francine in ecw when she just <laughs> debuted as like a fan in the crowd okay yeah See, I, I think like when I talk about Alyssa Milano, like I was probably at the age where I was like, oh man, 
she's so pretty. I want her to be my friend so we can hug and watch cartoons together. Yeah. Like Like, Kelly Kapowski was my first one where my thoughts went dark. (laughs) Right. I just, I just never had like that mechanism in my mind. You know, I, I I really racked my brain on that one to see who it was. Like, okay. Like, okay. Kelly, you know, what's her face? Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. She's attractive, but I never like got like, teen steam magazines and like <laughs> look at pictures of her you know or yeah uh lisa Loeb was attractive but like oh she's also a good musician and you know attractive second good musician it's, again that's just the way my mind worked you know mm-hmm. but uh thank you jayhawk for bringing the conversation to the grease i appreciate it and yeah uh, wholesome grease i think i feel like right. we handled it well but uh good luck on the lvac show look forward to listening to it all right next call Hello, Joe, Adams, Kevin here. Uh, getting ready for a long weekend. I do plan on watching all three events this weekend, all three major events, uh, with some friends. Looking forward to it. I think it'll be a blast. Um, thought for the week, though. So they're saying, you know, common saying grass is always greener on the other side. Or some might say, um, you know, the fishing is better somewhere else. You're, you're jealous of what someone else has. I, I use the word fish there for no apparent reason. Um <laughs> But if someone, like, I know you got to bet on yourself. I know you have to be your own, you know, biggest fan and all and take your talents and your abilities elsewhere that where they'll be more appreciated. You can make more money, get more attention. Um, I'm looking for somewhere else to work. I know Adam, uh, we're at the end of summer of Adam here, so he's going to be doing something different. You know, you, you have to go out there and, and bet on yourself. But then one of my friends pointed out in, in his, profession that if you move around too much it ends up being a detriment because people think that you're only in it for the money and you're not in it for the job or to do any good for the organization you work for so they're not going to look at you for anything promotions raise a push because they know as soon as you get offered a penny more somewhere else you're out of there so is someone like Bobby Fish bouncing around or any other wrestlers bouncing around and there's rumors of AEW wrestlers wanting their releases, mm-hmm. is there such a thing as bouncing around too much and hurting yourself? Because if I'm a promoter, a manager, a, an owner, whatever, and I don't think the person's going to be there in six months, a year, whatever amount of time, then I'm not going to give them anything because they're going to be gone anyway. So uh, curious your thoughts on that. Looking forward to the show. Um, I have an early day tomorrow. I don't want it to be an early day. It's a long story. Sucks. But anyways, uh, I'll have fun listening to you guys during my early day tomorrow. Bye. All right. So thank you, Kevin. Obviously, he brings up the Bobby Fish situation. and we, I made jokes about it before. And so I, I just want some clarification here because it, the way Kevin presented it, it's as if uh, and I could be wrong about this. Bobby Fish was presented with more money to jump ship to WWE, you know, based on what he's saying. And I, my understanding was just that AEW was not renewing his contract. That You are correct. So uh, apparently a couple of weeks ago, he asked for his release and was told no, uh, but they are going to sit him out the rest of his contract, which I think is only until October. And he's more or less made it very clear that as soon as he's available to, he's going to attempt to go back to WWE. And I think he's made it clear that um, WWE is willing to have him back. Right. Yeah. But 
it's all what, makes no sense. Right. So to what Kevin said, though, I will say this. And, you know, obviously you can't look at professional wrestling as a real job, even though it is a real job, versus your real job. I have friends of mine. Like, I, if you count the paper route that I had when I was 13, okay, mm. I have worked at exactly two, three, four, five, six places in my entire life, okay? Mm. That's counting a paper route. <laughs> I have I have friends of mine that have tripled that in just as much time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh in the real world, in a performance-based thing, whether you outgrow a job, there's a million different reasons why you would leave or move or whatever for a real world job. Professional wrestling is a job. Professional wrestling is not a real world job because you look at things are different. Obviously, the last 20 years is a different situation. But if you look at wrestling prior to that, your people like your Stan Hansons, your Bruiser Brodies, your people that would just come and go as they pleased, and because they were so good and such big deals no matter where they went, they always drew money, they always had good matches, and they were always in demand, so they were able to go come and go as they please. Even like Kamala. Even like a Ricky Steamboat to a lesser extent, right? There was a period of time in like from 88 to 90, you know, four, um, or like, let's say 92 when he finally settled in WCW, 89, he's the WCW champion. And by the, that year, by the end of that year, he's gone from WCW because they made him a low ball offer on his contract. And he's like, fuck you. You know, I'm going to go somewhere else. He goes to WWF and he's the dragon with the outfit and the blowing the fire and everything else like that. And he's in the middle of his contract, and they wanted him do, to do a job on TV to The Undertaker a week before The Undertaker won the world title from the from Hulk Hogan. And Ricky Steamboat said no and quit, okay? Mm-hmm. He then goes back to WCW after he just walked out on a contract from them not two years prior. If you're good enough when it comes to professional wrestling, you could do whatever you want short of murder – <laughs> sometimes murder <laughs> sometimes murder um and obviously we talked before jokingly said haha there were three people on the all-in show that were canceled they still get work they just mm-hmm. don't get work anywhere you've seen them get work you know yeah see i like the idea of people jumping around you know like uh, i always try to be nostalgic for my golden years of wrestling, which was the Attitude Era, and you had Nitro and you had Raw, and it was cool when somebody went from one to the other. And sometimes they go, you know, from WCW to WWE and then back again, you know? So having people go from AEW to WWE is a cool thing after four years of everybody going from WWE to AEW, you know? Uh, Maybe not Bobby Fish, uh, Bobby Fish, you know, whatever, say what you want about him, but I think his only redeeming quality is when he's teamed with Kyle O'Reilly, you know? So uh, I don't know what exactly he's going to do on his own, but, like, I like the idea of people leaving AEW and maybe making WWE better. Uh, I'm not the biggest Cody fan, but fucking Cody jumping ship made WWE better, you know? It was an addiction for both companies. And, um, and Cody leaving WWE in the first place made Cody better. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, every single time you jump ship, like it's it's an exciting thing, you know, for most of these people because it's you get a debut and a debut is cool and somebody's showing up where they're not supposed to be, you know. And as far as like the perception that you're unreliable because you're just going to go to the other company, 
you know, nine times out of 10, you're signing a contract and you're there for a year or you're there for two years, whatever, and they can build whatever storylines they want out of you during that year, during that two years. And when that's over, you're free to do whatever you want. You shouldn't feel beholden that you're like, I have to stay with this company because they've been paying me the last two years. You know, fuck you. It's a, when did wrestling become a business? You know, like exactly. Uh, but yeah, just to recap, I love people jumping back and forth and you use the territory days as an example. Like I think even like the Indies, you know, you can have people from any promotion show up at any other promotion and then just make them new and exciting if they haven't wrestled there, you know, uh-huh. like, like when bulking season comes to LVAC, you know, like it's going to be the, the roof's going to come off the place, you know? So I like the idea of there being just people jumping around and I, I don't think you should have to be loyal to, especially if we're talking about these big companies. Right. Hopefully that answered your question there, Kevin. All right, last call, pink button time. It's Young Ed. Yay. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Sounds um, great. Um, so, no show this week, right? I found the pizza. So I just want to let you guys know, like, this was pretty good. We would have been talking about this week. And here's what I came up with. One... Uh, I'm sure, as you saw, Adam, in the Pro Wrestling Noah N1, uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima knocked Kenny Okada the fuck out with a kick and broke his jaw. And I said that this was fucking awesome, because it was. And uh, a bunch of people on the internet were there to tell me that it is not actually awesome, it is bad. Um, I think these people are giant babies. And, um, I don't know, like, yeah, I kicked him particularly hard accidentally and broke his jaw. But when they come back, it's a made program, you know what I mean? People act like, oh, fuck-ups don't help the wrestlers sometimes. Like, look at Becky Lynch, look at Austin, like, I don't know, sometimes you get hurt and you get fucking, uh, real over from it. And I feel like that's the case. Kenny Okada, the young guy I know, and, uh, he's gonna have a story, you know, come when he comes back. So that's great. Uh, but the bigger story is Mark Mann's a giant fat piece of shit. Uh, Mark Mann fucking sucks. I dare you to find me a picture of Mark Mann where he's not open mouth breathing like a bass that you just took out of a fucking river. Um, subhuman fucking garbage. He's only famous because, uh, Big Mature was stupid enough to think that he was a color commentator. Um, what, how, how are you, how are you more worthless than Glenn Gilberti? Like, how, like, anyone's opinion of like people who figure get hurt, no one's opinion matters less than Mark Madden. He's never fucking mattered. Like, the way had a huge title run. Mark Madden's done fucking nothing for his entire career. He just fucking sucks. Um, fuck Mark Madden. Okay, bye. Ah. Uh. I'm Ed. leaving. I'm not editing that out. Ed, your call was dog shit quality. What the hell are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I got the gist of it, you know. Uh, I, yeah, I got the gist of it. But uh, yeah, the the Noah N1. Uh, you know, I know uh, you wanted to show you wanted to talk about this, but I said we had to keep the show under three hours. So I know, hell of a match, hell of a match. I, I agree with Ed. Uh, nothing wrong with hurting somebody. I'm fine with it. You know, anything yeah, you walk I, away I, from is okay. Listen, we're all, everybody's in their work, and the idea is to protect each other, but accidents happen. If it wasn't done intentionally, you know, it sucks, but it still happened. Let's make the most of it. Let's capitalize on it. Um, Hopefully Noah's not stupid enough to be just like, oh, well, the guy got hurt. You know, let's never mention it again. You know, do something, right? Yeah. 
and uh, fuck Mark Madden and fuck anybody who takes his side in really anything. Yeah, like Mark Madden, someone that I've had like blocked and muted maybe since March ish when mm-hmm. he and Ric Flair parted ways and he was like being real weird on Twitter and social media and just like generally like a piece of shit. And then again, of course, that Monday, I, you know, I, I saw a couple weeks ago, he was taking shots at Steen for not looking like an athlete and take shots at Eddie for not looking like an athlete. And, you know, the fact that Eddie donated his payday from the LVAC show to help a charity that helps underprivileged and, you know, possibly homeless folks. And for Madden to be insensitive enough to make a joke about that. And he's someone who, in 2022, still thinks 1994 Howard Stern is real. (laughs) And that's who he tries to be. Um, I could sit here and talk about what a dog shit human Mark Madden is and has been for his entire career. But I could just say this. He's the voice of Pittsburgh sports on the radio. And if that's not enough to know that he's a piece of shit, I don't know what else is. Uh, he's fucking Pittsburgh sports talk. That there's, there's a, don't try equating him with the voice of like Pittsburgh sports. All right. Okay. That there's people that call Pittsburgh games over the radio and on television that are much more, uh, much better than this clown. Uh, that's like, yeah, that's like saying I'm the voice of professional wrestling. <laughs> voice of Japanese professional wrestling. Yeah, but yes. Yeah. All right. Don't don't um, go associating fucking Mark Madden with Pittsburgh. All right. He he. He associates himself with Pittsburgh sports. I, I'm not doing it. That's what he does. He claims he made $330,000 last year by being a Pittsburgh sports talk radio personality. All right, then. That's your boy. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, fucking my boy. <laughs> You're, aren't you a Steelers fan? Uh, I'm not even going to. I'm not going down. I'm not doing this bit, Joe. You want to? <laughs> You wanna, you wanna back, uh, you know, you wanna commiserate with a, with fleshy, fleshy white skin stretched over 450 pounds of fat and shit. <laughs> anyway, no, enough always, negativity. Yeah, always the best person to like Mark Madden to like commentate on like other people looking like shit. You know, fucking right. And listen, I'll, gi- I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, man. He never claimed to be an athlete. I completely understand that. Um, and taking shots at him being a 450-pound pile of shit with fleshy, translucent, white skin <laughs> stretched over it is a very easy thing to make fun of. But you could also make fun of that in the group that had a Disco Inferno as the punching bag, he somehow found himself to be the punching bag of the group <laughs> of friends that he was in, just to go show you what sort of person he is. But again, enough negativity. Let's talk about the LVAC show. <laughs> The the Steel Stack Smackdown, which for some reason on commentary, I couldn't get my words to formulate those those words to work in my mouth uh, (laughs) during the course of the the event, which is when I should have been able to do so, right? Mm. Uh, We're not going to do like a review. We're not going to do a beat-by-beat thing. You can go over to Kevin, who called in before his blog at uh, Mass Library, read a full rundown. You can listen to IWTV Guide next week, where they're going to do a full rundown of the show. Uh, let's talk about the time that we had, the experience that we had, all that sort of shit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you had to be there a little bit before I did, so if you have anything as far as before doors open, 
Oh, uh, yeah. Top. So just OK. So I get there and I got there, you know, because call time was five, which means five thirty. <laughs> and I tried to get there for like four and I had April and Asa with me. They came down separate because they just want to come say hi to everybody, specifically Eddie. Mm. Um, they did get a chance. Like they were they were leaving as OC was coming in. So they got a chance to see OC as well. Um, trying to think what else. So I got there and like Eddie was already there because he had changed his flight, which is a whole other Michigash, right? Mm. So uh, Friday, I like, uh, so the show's Saturday. I get a call on Friday from Eddie, right? Mm. He wants to change his flight from Friday night to Saturday morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, just call Mantis. Let him know. I'm sure like whatever needs to be done is whatever needs to be done. Right. Um, so I'm talking to Eddie for a little bit and he just says that like, you know, it had been a hectic two days prior and he hadn't packed yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he calls Mantis, they reschedule everything. And then I get the text from Mantis, uh, saying like, oh, my heart can't take this anymore. You know, <laughs> being a promoter. Yeah. I'm like, he's not canceling on you. He's just moving his flight. Right. No big deal. Uh, so he moved his flight. He was there at the show early and Eddie's just like a ball of energy. And I'd gotten text from people that they knew where to go. Uh, Like, once they got into, like, the giant complex that the Steel Stacks was, they knew where to go for the wrestling. Because if they didn't hear my big, fat, loudmouth, they (laughs) absolutely heard Eddie's big, fat, loudmouth throughout the course (laughs) of the building, you know? Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I'm making my rounds, saying hi to everybody, whatever, whatever. Uh, And I go see Mantis, and he has the lineup on the door with all the times and everything. And uh, I'll say this one, I, I uh, commend Mantis because outside of one match, he did very good on the times. Uh, not that it mattered because I would say every single match to a fault went over time. <laughs> uh, so the show was supposed to like the show time kept like kind of fluctuating and stuff. Right. It was supposed to like meet and greet was supposed to be like 630 to 7:30, And then the show was going to start at 730. And then then meet and greet got moved to six to eight. And then the show was going to start at 8. And the show was going to be 8 to 10. We had a hard out. We needed to be right in that time frame. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this is the biggest LVAC show. It's got seven matches. It's got multiple, multiple, you know, more than four people in match matches, right? It's got at least three of them, right? Yeah. Plus, there's the sports entertainment segment, plus a quote-unquote brief intermission. <laughs> and I say to Mantis, I go, boy, it's going to be tough to fit all this in, right? And Mantis goes, well, the building actually told us we have until 1030. And I said, do not (laughs) tell anyone else that we have an extra half hour to play with. I go, everyone's going to go over their times. Everyone's going to go over what we gave, what you gave them as their times. If you tell them we have an extra half hour to play with, forget about it. So in the meeting, he gets like a little wishy-washy in regards to like what time we need to be out. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, 10 Show us to be over by 10. The main event went to the ring at 10. <laughs> um, so another thing with it is, of course, it was me and Kevin Ford. I made the announcement last week. So um, originally it was supposed to be myself and Avery Good. But Avery Good is retired doing dad stuff before school starts back up. So he had dad stuff to do this weekend. He's like, I'm not taking a wrestling booking, right? Yeah. Then it's supposed to be me and Gavin Loudspeaker, uh, Loud and Noxious, Jack, whatever you know him as. And Jack was kind of like him and Han about coming up. 
because he's in Baltimore currently and whatever his situation was. Uh, so on Monday, Mantis contacted me and said, hey, um, you know, Jack is a question mark. Do you think your buddy Adam would want to do commentary again? Mm-hmm. And that's this Adam. And I said, no, Adam's retired from commentary. <laughs> and, you know, Adam has said many times here he's retired from commentary. And I said to him, to Mantis, what Adam has said here, when you call the main event of a wrestling show at a drive-in with Orange Cassidy, you pretty much, you don't really need to do anything else, right? Yeah, it's all downhill from there. It's all like. downhill from there, right? <laughs> yeah. So then uh, Mantis like, well, who do you suggest? And I mentioned Kevin, because I know Kevin's done commentary before, so on and so forth. And he's like, okay, I'll let you know by Wednesday for sure. Wednesday he knew. I contacted Kevin. We did that. So it was me and Kevin for the whole show, which is going to be cool, which would be great. And then maybe about like a half hour before the show goes, there's tons of people there. Tons and tons of people. I'm sure you saw the pictures. Um, you know, Drew Gulak just decided to show up. Uh, Carrie Silken of Ring of Honor was always there. Uh, Ian Riccoboni like lives within like five minutes. So he was there with his wife and his kids and everything else like that. Uh, so about a half hour before the show during the meet and greet stuff, Ian comes up to me and he's like, hey, could I do commentary on a match? Mm-hmm. And I said, do you have something in mind that you want to call? And he goes, I'm a big fan of Puff. I really want to call the Puff match. <laughs> I go, cool. I go, right, would you be okay calling with Kevin? Um, and again, I'll say this. Kevin, I know, is a big Ring of Honor fan, like especially of like the current stuff. You know, re- Kevin consumes a lot more wrestling than he lets on. Like, he's one of the few people that are quiet on social media, so you don't really know everything that he's up to. But I know everything that Kevin's up to. And I didn't check with Kevin beforehand before I offered him up to call a match with Ian uh, on the spot. But, um, yeah, so they got to call that match. That was the only match I didn't get a chance to see. But I was doing, like, a, a lot of other running around and stuff. Mm. Um, so where we were up in the balcony, um, you know, Smart Mark is set up. And we do commentary with these headphones that have microphones on them especially yep. for the live streams. And there was no table there. Like we would have had to stand the whole time. So I get with Chris from LVAC and we're trying to figure something out. And there was a table of guys there that they had reserved a table, but it was only two guys. And they were pretty big tables. The tables would probably fit like six comfortably, eight if you squeeze in, right? Mm-hmm. So it was just these two guys, right? And uh, I go, hey, I go, would I go? And they were right next to the smart mark setup. I go, hey, would it be okay if we sat here while we did commentary? And the guys are like, yeah, sure. They might have been already lit up by that point, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So as a consolation, if you heard me on commentary, I let the one guy ring the bell. <laughs> uh, nice. To to start the matches, not to end the matches for the first half of the show. And I gave him like, I'm like, I go, you need to ring the bell like this. I go, you can't hit it on the top of the bell. You have to hit it on the side of the bell and give it just like three good whacks and then put your hand on it to stop it from ringing, you know, because you don't want that reverberation to keep going. Just ding, ding, ding. And that's it. And I must have went it over with the guy like six times, but he got it. He did a good job ringing yeah. the bell. Um, then, like I said, the show doesn't get over until super late. Uh, I had a bunch of stuff that I'd get to Kevin to get to him, him to his car. Um, it was great seeing everyone. Um, these shows are awesome. Uh, and I didn't get it. I, I said this to Dan privately and I say, uh, this to Mantis privately. And I say this publicly now, 
Uh, everybody went over their time. Matches were all way too long. But from beginning to end, the crowd was with everything. Yeah. So maybe they weren't too long. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to say, and I'll give my kind of start to finish, obviously a very different perspective, but uh, regarding Kevin Ford on commentary, uh, I did not get a chance to go back and watch the entire show, but I did watch a lot of like it's clipped up on Internet on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like I was following the hashtag. So I did hear a lot of his stuff. And, uh, you know, Kevin, my favorite indie wrestling commentator, um, you don't just have a spot with the LVAC. You could have my spot. Not your dog spot, your liver spot, but spot. my spot. Yeah, get my spot. You got my spot, Kevin. So uh, good job. Um, so obviously I would did not go down beforehand and have to meet a call time. I was going as a fan. And uh, myself and friend of the show, Dave, went and we did a doll safari along the way, you know, as you do when you go to wrestling shows. Uh, we did not find anything. It was a complete waste of his gasoline. But, uh, you know, it got to the point where we maybe like 10 minutes from the venue but it was like 10 minutes before the doors open for six o'clock. And I was like, oh, shit, we got way uh, lost in time here. So we get to the steel stacks. And as you said, this is a giant, like really nice complex. You know, the casinos there, uh, there was a band playing outside or at least setting up to play outside. And I had no fucking clue where the wrestling was. Like, I, I know the ticket said, like, you know, the art center or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know where that is. Um, but, you know, we get the parking. And I'm like, all right, first things first, before we go inside, I've got to get these paint pens primed because I had just bought a bunch of uh, Sharpie brand oil-based paint pens. Not Posca's a sponsor. Are, yeah. Poscas are for suckers. Um, Wait so, a you know, minute. <laughs> so, you know, we stop and I'm like, all right, I got to shake these pens up. I need an orange one in case I happen to get a chance to get my Orange Cassidy figure signed. More on that later. I need a yellow one for Eddie Kingston. And uh, my buddy, John, who's going to be there with his kid and more on that in a second, wanted a white one because he had actually made he's a graphic designer, uh, made like an Eddie Kingston eight by ten. And he was just like, oh, a white one would look good. So I have these three paint pens and I'm trying to get them working. I'm shaking them. I'm shaking. I'm shaking for probably like five minutes and doing the dab on cardboard. They won't come out. And I'm like in full panic mode because the doors are opening like it's like two minutes to six. Um so finally they start working almost like I was getting ready to give up and we almost run to like the wrong building. Mind you, we go over to the actual steel stacks, you know, like the, old, uh, not the building that had the wrestling in it. And then I started seeing people in like wrestling clothes going to the actual proper building. And I was like, no, we're going in that direction. So we get there, we get upstairs to where there's people waiting outside to get in and there's a ton of people in front of me and, you know, Brett and DJ were there much earlier than, than I was, you know, they had a much better spot. Um, but when the doors finally opened, like I had made it in time, uh, all the people who had pre-bought the meet and greet got priority over the people who were just showing up and trying to do it. So they had two separate lines sure. and, the meet, and the meet and greet line was like a fast pass at Disney. You just blew past everybody. So that was awesome. Um, I mentioned that my friend John brought his wife and brought their kid. And I've talked about their kid, Julian, a million times on this show. Uh, he's probably a little bit younger than Asa. I want to say he's like eight, you know, like so much younger than Asa. But uh, Julian is obsessed with wrestling. It started off with being obsessed with a, oh, I'm sorry, WWE. 
and then I kind of moved him over to AEW. Uh, so now he loves AEW. And one of the selling points for AEW, because I wanted him to watch it, was I was like, oh, I'm friends with that guy. Here's a picture of me and them. You know, I'd be like, here's a picture of me and Orange Cassidy. So, like, automatically, Julian becomes an Orange Cassidy fan. You know, here's a picture of me and Bryce Remsburg. Also, Julian likes Bryce. He's like, oh, at least, you know, whatever. He looks like Adam, Uncle Adam. So, and they all became fans of Eddie Kingston just because I forced John to, like, watch promos from Eddie Kingston. So, um, Julian is super nervous to meet Eddie Kingston, like, borderline scared. And I'm like, me too, buddy. Me too. Don't worry. <laughs> like, I'm just as bad. Um, but they go up first and like Eddie was cool as shit to the three of them, obviously. Uh, and then I went up right after that. And again, nicest guy. Like, I'm still terrified of him, but nicest guy you're ever going to meet. Um, I had him sign my AEW figure. And I actually, despite the fact that I had my paint pens, I had to make a real quick decision. And I chose poorly, Joe. Uh, he was going for a paint pen on the table. Yes. Um, and rather than roll the dice as to whether or not my paint pen was going to work, uh, considering how much of a rush I was in, I had him just use the yellow one that was on the table. Uh, and I don't know if the paint pen was towards the end of its life or was maybe had the wrong tip on it or something like that. But, uh, instead of yellow, I got like kind of like a lime green on both of my things, but uh, it still looks cool, but it's not as cool as like a yellow would have been. So uh, I'll say that those were my Poscas that were at the yeah, table. Yeah. I made sure that they were all primed because all the LVAC people had for him to sign uh, was two Sharpies, a, a metallic silver and a metallic uh, like gold or whatever. Yeah. And I said to Eddie, I go, listen, I go, you know me. I'm asking you to sign my thing. I go, there are going to be people here that probably have their own pens to sign stuff. If they have their own pen use the pen they give you because they'll have done whatever they need to do with the pen. So it works on your figure. Right. Yeah. I go, I'm going to prime all of these here. I go, but just in case somebody comes and has you sign a figure and they don't have a pen, you got these to use. And he's like, all right, yeah. thanks. Bud. Yeah. At the end of the day, if he like took out a Bic ink pen and started yeah. signing my figure, I wouldn't have said anything because it's any right. fucking Kingston. <laughs> so, um, right. And that was the other thing I said to him. I go, I go, even if you fuck up someone's signature, they're not going to ask you to redo it. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, so again, meeting Eddie and getting the picture taken and getting my figure signed. I'm all super happy about that. Like it's it, just like, if you listen to any of the other shows on the network, when they all met Bret Hart, they all had these giddy stories of like their interactions with them. I, I feel like that's how myself and, uh, you know, John and Julian and them were like coming away from Eddie Kingston. Like you, you came out of it feeling like, uh, like it was money well spent, I think is the best way to put it. So, uh, very happy to meet Eddie Kingston there. Um, afterwards I basically like my focus and I go to all these LVAC shows and I have a great time, but this is the first one that I was bringing Julian to, or like there with. And I, like, I wanted to make sure that like he was sold on indie wrestling. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like where it was like, I wanted him to have a good time. And so I made it a point to like like during the show, like I was actually starting like gummy boar chants and boar and Erica chants and stuff like that. So like, I wanted him to enjoy himself, but like I worked myself into a shoot before the show started, uh, because I had actually talked to the boar and I said, I'm going to bring Julian over to meet you and, you know, just whatever, just shoot the shit with him. But I want you to quote unquote, give him a gummy boar shirt. 
and then I'll, I'll, you know, I'll pay you back. And yeah. He's like, no problem. So, but before that, I had told Julian that the boar was legitimately uh, like a nearly seven foot tall monster who's a half pig, half man. Right. <laughs> and uh, I asked Brett and DJ as they were walking by, I was like, back me up, guys. The boar's like legitimately like a half a pig, right? And they're like, yeah, of course he is. So I didn't think about the fact that this might be scaring a small child. <laughs> <laughs> so when the boar comes down, I was like, Julian, come on, we're going to go meet the boar. And he's like, okay. <laughs> you know, so the boar and Erica are cool as shit, you know, like talking to him about baseball because Julian's a Yankee fan. Um, oh, yeah, the boar likes the Yankees too. The boar does like the Yankees. So they're talking, like, he, boar's talking to Julian about baseball. So the boar goes to give him a shirt. He's like, you know what? I'm going to give you a shirt. And he hands him the sh- a gummy boar shirt. And, you know, Julian's got the shirt in his hands. And the boar says, the only thing I want in return from you is your autograph. Oh, that's cool as hell, man. And Julian said, no way. What? <laughs> give it to him. You know, like, so uh, he's just shaking his head no. And, you know, obviously boar's playing along. He's like, oh, he realizes how much money it's going to be worth and yada, yada. So eventually, we, you know, he slinks away. Uh, Julian does. And I'm like, why didn't you give me your autograph? And, like, he was confused that, like, somehow, like, he had to, like, give the shirt back or something like that. And he wanted to keep the shirt, but he was also <laughs> kind of scared of the boar. So, like, the whole thing, it was like me meeting Eddie Kingston. I wasn't going to question anything. <laughs> you know, so later on, after, like, after Gummy Boar had their match during intermission, when sure. obviously Gummy Boar has the, the big line for the merch sales, uh, Julian asked me, is, is it too late to give the boar my autograph? <laughs> like he had finally came around on it. I was like, oh, it looks like he has a line there. But uh, he eventually, once he saw Gummy Boar wrestle, he was no longer afraid of him. Uh, but yeah, I worked myself into a shoot with that. Um, I will say again, uh, because I, I had showed Mark photos to get Julian into watching AEW, uh, Julian is also under the impression that Bryce Remsburg is my close personal friend. Right. Uh, so when Bryce had his gimmick table set up, uh, uh, he walked over to him. He says, you're friends with my uncle Adam. And he pointed at me and Bryce completely sold it. He's like, oh yeah, that's Adam. We know we go way back. And so uh, Julian got a Mark photo of Bryce and uh, thank you, Bryce Remsburg for not blowing up my spot there. <laughs> but like, not to belabor the point, I will just say, uh, as far as first indie show that a, a kid could possibly go to, this kid's in the very front row. Um, he's like getting yelled at by Sidney Bacabella. Uh, he had Simon Southern give him a two dollar bill after. Oh, so I, I was, I was, I had my fingers crossed that he would, he would have been the kid that got the two dollar bill. Yep, he was one of them. Um, and afterwards, like right after the main event, when uh, Orange Cassidy was making his rounds around uh, ringside, uh, he got a photo with Orange Cassidy. That's you know, awesome. Orange is wearing Sydney's uh, uh, scalped hair. So right. um, automatically, like right off the bat, he's asking, Julian's asking, like when the next show is, you know, so he wants to go to the October one. Um, hopefully he does. I, I tried to explain to him. I was like, buddy, you're going, just so you know, you're going from WrestleMania to like a house show, <laughs> you know? So it's going to be a little bit different because uh, a lot of you know, the same faces, just a yeah. little smaller, a little bit more intimate. We say exactly. Um, but obviously it, it, there could not have been a better show to get a kid hooked on wrestling yeah. you know, or on indie wrestling. And I think it was just a perfect storm. Like as far as, you know, uh, Bor and Erica being cool as shit and like Eddie Kingston being cool and like everybody, 
who interacted with the crowd happened to interact with him. You know, like I think he even got dirty looks from Logan at one point. Like it was just uh, like a perfect thing. Uh, but like enough about that. I just want to say um, uh, thank you, Joe Sposto, for getting shit done. We'll just say that, you know, I gave you a project and you came through. Uh, so uh, right there. Thank you. Uh, as far as steel stacks go, I've said before, this is quite possibly the nicest venue an indie promotion has ever run in. And I, I, I question anybody to show me something better. You know, like people could be like, oh, well, this is an outdoor show. Look at this countryside. No, fuck countrysides. This is just like probably the nicest building that an indie show can run in. Uh, the view outside the window, the setup, the lighting, the balcony. Uh, it was perfect. Uh other than the $9 draft beers, uh, I don't really have a complaint about that place. Like, I hope it becomes uh, an, at least an annual thing for the LVAC. One can only hope. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously, they, they this part of Music Fest there, uh, there was one of the attractions. Not to say that they don't do stuff all the time there. Um, you know, I haven't been told anything in the future, but everyone seemed to be happy with the way, like, on both ends. Like, LVAC was happy with how things went. Uh, the Steel Stacks people were, like, kind of pretty much hands-off regarding the running of the show, like, once everyone was in the venue space, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think if there was anything else uh, that I needed to mention. I'm sure you guys saw it on social media, so, like, as I'm doing, like, shit getting ready for the show, my wife was still there saying hi to everyone, and unprompted, she went and had the Batiri recreate the picture with my kid. From when yeah. he was a baby and they were holding him and he looked like he was scared out of his goddamn mind. <laughs> um, and that picture, like those two pictures were like maybe days, like like days apart from being exactly 10 years apart. No, that's cool. Yeah. So that was a really cool thing. I got such a kick out of that. My dad thought it was hilarious when we showed him the next day. Uh, my little niece and nephew thought it was funny to see anytime they get to because Ace is like the big kid. So anytime they get to see a picture of him as a baby, they think it's hilarious, right? Yeah. Um, just try, but no, the show all, all in all was great. Um, you know, listen to Longbox Heroes After Dark for a chance meeting at the Denny's with someone. Maybe you could figure <laughs> out who the mystery wrestler was. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and obviously hanging out afterwards. Like I didn't get to spend much time at the show proper with Brett or DJ. Uh, or even Tim, who you know couldn't make it out to the diner, but uh, it was good seeing all those guys in person again and uh, hanging out at the diner. Good times. Yeah, and you know October twenty first. Very rarely do they announce these shows in advance. Very rarely do they sell the tickets for the shows in advance. It's the first time that they did. Um, it's back at Sokol's. It's a Friday night. It's a Halloween show. Uh, some of the names have been announced. We're still like a ways away from any of the you know the matches or anything, but. Um, DJ and Brett were telling me as they were in line as well, uh, you know, your nephew wasn't the only one. There was tons of people that were there that this was their first time attending an indie wrestling show. Yeah. And they're, that, they're so spoiled. <laughs> like, well, they do? <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, uh, like, yes, are you spoiled? But if you enjoyed the show enough yeah, and you're gonna you connect with a character or two, you know, this is how you get hooked, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, you know, like you go to the next show and like Eddie Kingston's not going to be there and or you know, Orange Cassidy's not going to be there, but you're still going to enjoy Gummy Boar. You're still going to want to boo Dan Champion. Right. You know, like, still a lot of that fun is there, you know? Exactly. But yeah, I had a really good time. Like obviously, uh, 
had a good time at most LVAC shows, but like this one was just really special. I enjoyed it. And I am going to go and watch this uh, very shortly on, on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, you know? Yeah, and that's a perfect segue. I got to go back and watch it myself, especially the the uh, Puff Thunderfrog match, since that's the only match I did not see. Uh, but go check out this event and a bunch of the other older LVAC shows went up on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. Uh, IWTV, independentwrestling.tv, this past week. Uh, new subscriber, use the promo code at odds to let Jerry know that we referred you to him. You continue your paid subscription. We get a kickback the longer you stay with him. Um, you know, check out this show. Check out all the LVAC shows up there. Check out shows from our friends, uh, Arthur MacArthur, even though his name is spelled 15 different ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, events that Big Sue Jackson has been on. Uh, I know those old wrestling shows go up eventually if it's not already up. Um, I know Wrestle Rager is up. I definitely got to get caught up with that. But like I said, definitely check that stuff out. Uh, you can help us out as well by purchasing a shirt from our T Public store housed through the mothership at tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. Uh, there's a 35% off sale this weekend for Labor Day, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, so definitely check that out. And also, you, there's our Amazon affiliate link. Uh, it is in the show notes to every single one of these episodes, no matter how it is or where it is that you get these episodes. Amazon calls it an advertising fee because if it was not for them, you would not. If it was not for us, you would not know they existed. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases to the Amazon click through this past week include uh, a lot of world, a lot of wrestling stuff. Uh, I sure, I assume this is from us talking about wrestling stuff, plugging stuff, talking about stuff. And Amazon had like a a streaming like unveiling thing the last week too. Like oh yeah 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 sure. Before. So we I appreciate you going through us uh, for that. Somebody got an Ultimate Edition uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, somebody got the uh, Unrivaled Sting and Darby Allen two-pack. Uh, somebody got the Beast Incarnate versus Head of the Table three-pack, which is Brock, Roman, and Paul Heyman. Mm. Yep. Uh, somebody also purchased a Tony Soprano with Duck Funko Pop. <laughs> Needs that Duck, yeah. I guess. You know, I've never seen an episode of The Sopranos in my life. Oh, all right. Yeah, it was just a it was just a period of time where like we didn't have HBO and like these things weren't easy to like like streaming services didn't exist and DVD yeah. box sets were expensive. <laughs> yeah, like ninety bucks a season. Right. You know? Fair uh, and also somebody purchased uh, Captain Carter Woman Out of Time trade paperback uh, collection of the introduction of Captain Carter who you saw in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, who actually debuted in uh, my uh, Poppin' Bubbles, Bubbles Marvel Puzzle Quest game. That was the first thing that she was in. They put <laughs> her in a random comic, like an Exiles or something like that, and then they just like took that look and feel and story that was established in the video game, and like she's a regular part of the Marvel like comic book universe. How do you get the video game CG seed? Because that's her first appearance. So they you have to print do, out okay. screenshots. <laughs> no, no, no. So what they did when they put her in, like it was some month, like some anniversary of Cap, where they did four different versions of Captain America for four different Marvel games, right? Uh-huh. 
Um, and the Captain Carter one was the one that stuck. Like, they only exist in that game, right? The Captain Carter one was the one that stuck. Um, they put her in an issue of Exiles, and they did a variant cover for that issue of Exiles, which is the cover that they use for her in the game. Okay. And I do have that issue of Exiles, even though I wasn't reading Exiles at the time. I'm like, oh, I got, you know, I I play Marvel Puzzle Quest. They're doing that cover. I got to get that cover. And if there was going to be a book that I was going to be sent sent out to BCGC, that would probably be on the list. Yeah, it's probably right now a hot book, you know? For sure. Mm. Uh, But thanks to anyone and everyone who made any purchases through the Amazon affiliate link, whether it be this week, this month, this year, this whenever. Yeah. All right, so I'm probably at the point where I should talk about some podcasts, right, Joe? Yes. All right, those podcasts that I should talk about are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Hit My Music, featuring me this week, the strongest man in all the land, Uh, (laughs) Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, IWTV Guide, uh, talking about LVAC this week, so go check that out. Pod Van Dam, they're on hiatus this week, so you have a chance to catch up with these other shows. Wings on Wings, who had a very interesting review posted uh, about their show this week on Twitter. Uh, go check that out. Uh, Between the Sheets, If You Catch My Grift, No Chance in Helmet. And Joe, for the longest time, I've been uh, not plugging uh, a certain podcast, and you know, obviously that podcast is called The A Show. Um But I listened to their new episode this week, and it was only because they advertised it as featuring Blue and Gold. So I was like, oh, it's going to be about Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. So I was like, I'll check it out. Uh, Joe, false advertising. It was there was nothing about Booster Gold or Blue Beetle, uh, but at least this episode was audible. Uh, So that's a change for their show. But, like, I'm listening to it, and Matt Durline keeps on running his mouth about me. Like, even though I refuse to promote a show, it was just Adam this and Adam that, and we miss our two-time champion. Uh, So, you know what? They've been coming after me for a while, trying to get me to face myself in an episode of The A Show. And I'll just say, just so that I can have them stop talking about me, I accept I will face Arthur MacArthur, the strongest man in all the land, in a future episode. Uh, and then we could put this entire bit, I mean, storyline behind us. Huh. Good luck with all that. <laughs> what? Anyways, that, and, that's all I got for plugs and non-plugs. All right. Well, it's time for Adam's favorite part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot, but I'm the $100 Vansky, and your figures will be bought. All right, Joe, so I'm sure your first purchase this week is that you uh, went ahead and pre-ordered Series 2 of the Retros, right? No. What? I I'm fishing for anyone out there who did uh, pre-order the first uh, ser- the second series of Retros, rather. Uh, go ahead, do that. Sell me the Mr. Hitman, and then uh, we'll, we'll get into business from there. 
for all those uh, Nikolai Volkov completists who had to get the set just to get him. Right, yeah. Nikolai, Anvil, hot, hot figures, you know? Yeah, <laughs> definitely not peg warmers. Uh, I, that's a bold strategy. Uh, I hope that works out for you. But uh, I did not order the Retro Series 2. I don't even know if they're still available. I know a lot of people are getting their shipping for them. But uh, I learned my lesson with the first series. I cannot get anybody to buy the first series off me at cost. Uh, like, I'd have to sell it at a loss. At that point, I'm like, nope, I'm out on these retros. I'm not buying it anymore. But anyways, I don't have a big weekend. I know I say that jokingly a lot, but uh, I did. uh, You mentioned through the Amazon uh, links. I also uh, bought that Roman Brock Heyman three pack uh, and I bought the Sting Darby two pack. Like those were all things that went up uh, uh, on Amazon this week. So I also bought those. Uh, And obviously this weekend, we're probably going to see a lot of figures announced, obviously due to your uh, unwieldy hashtag. I'm sure it's only a matter of time. Uh, Ethan Page will probably get a figure announced this weekend. If not, the hashtag is going to have to get longer. But I'm sure there'll be some other stuff announced, and I'm going to be sad because it'll be, like, expensive. Uh, yeah, so I let's say I got a real good feeling uh, yeah. that we'll be seeing the uh, at least render for the Ethan Page figure this weekend. Uh, now, the real question that I would have then is, um, who's next? Ooh. Now, I do want to wait. I don't want to, like, say, like, oh, we should do a hashtag for X, and then X gets announced, right? Yeah, you got to see what plays out tomorrow, you know, or this yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm leaning toward uh, a 2.0 2-pack. You're not going to get a 2-pack only because Amazon does repaints as two packs. You know what I'm saying? So if there was 2.0, they would be individually released and in unrivaled or unmatched. You know what I'm saying? But that's- uh, I'm just saying AEW hasn't done like uh, a direct to market, like tag team two pack. Yeah. And they're not going to start. They with should. I, I mean, I think they should too, but you know, that's just hasn't been their business model so far, but I agree. 2.0 sold separately. It would be fine. As long as there's no chases. Let's get, you know, let's get another Eddie, maybe. Yeah. Uh, let's I finally want a get a Bryce and, figure, you know? I, wa- I want a blood and guts Eddie where he's got the fucking gas tank. You know, the gas canister. Sure. That that needs to happen. Uh, a Bryce figure would be cool, but it'll probably come with the real scale ring. So be prepared to spend 150 Mm-hmm. I won't do that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, I, I have a feeling the current now make an Ethan Page AEW action figure Jazzwares hashtag will be retired this weekend. And then, uh, after all the releases come out, I'm open to suggestions. Now here's a question for you. It's the first Ethan Page, like real figure. We're not talking cello. We're not talking, uh, fucking figures, toy company garbage. Um, so it's his first figure. Do you want ring jacket with his like you know, a little crown logo on the lapel, or do you want like super gaudy, like fashionable shirt, Ethan Page and sunglasses? I want, I want gear. Okay. So I want the ring jacket. Yeah. Now I can see, I, I, that's not to say I won't look forward to the, the men of the year's fashionable shirt down the road, you know? Right. But, uh, all right. Yeah. Hopefully fingers crossed. We'll be, uh, saving some renders hopefully we'll be saving some like ready to go to market soon yeah <laughs> pictures of ethan page stuff but uh i also heard uh 
from some reputable sources that there will be more shop AEW one of 3,000 figures coming out or being announced. And uh, one of them might even be uh, going up for sale this week. So fuck me, right? <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I thought you got out of that game, but what do you know? What do I know? Yeah, what do I know? Um, so I will say non-wrestling related, Joe, I have one thing and I'll throw it over to you. Um, I purchased, this was actually something I had on my eBay save search for probably at least five years now. And I was able to, uh, check it off, not because they're hard to find, but because they're hard to find in, in good condition, uh, and not at a crazy price. But, uh, back in 2009, Toys R Us kind of towards their, their, you know, somewhat dying days uh they did a transformers g1 reissue uh, a box set of the three original insecticons uh so i purchased that uh in like minty mint shape it was something that uh maybe due to distribution problems never really hit our area or i was never able to find and uh i got one for not much more than it retailed in 2009 so i think i, I struck when the iron was hot that's not too bad yeah uh, like I said, I think if you add like, I want to say they were like 40 bucks back then in 2009 and just, you know, and I, I paid $50 plus like $3 shipping or something. I don't know. It wasn't much of a difference. So I take it as a win. That's not bad at all, sir. What'd you buy, Joe? Okay. Uh, so, you know, no wrestling stuff. Uh, I'm sure. Well, listen, I, I, I'm still buying stuff. Very rarely do I buy stuff for me. Um, but I do buy stuff for my kid and they did just announce it went on sale today. Um, for the first time in 14 years, Pokemon is officially doing a, uh, advent holiday calendar thing of the cards. They've done them as little toys, little miniatures, little like knockoff Legos, like mega block, whatever they are, mini Funko pops, all these sort of things. But it's the first time in 14 years that they're doing trading card stuff they're doing like they've been doing a big push for the trading cards but this year they're doing like a huge push for the trading cards uh so i got that for my kid wasn't there didn't you buy something similar to that like from walmart and you didn't get it like in time for last year or the holidays that was the mini funko pop one okay um that i got off amazon it was supposed to ship in september and i don't think it came in until february um but this one like it like september 1st went on sale I ordered it directly through PokemonCenter.com, whatever. Um, and they actually do a real nifty thing, and I have it bookmarked, where, like, any of the product lines, you can, like, once a week, anything that's for sale, like, here's, like, the plushes, here's the this, here's the that, here's the this, um, whether it be pre-orders or, like, just regular purchases, it's a weekly tally of, like, if you pre-ordered this thing, like, here's the day it's supposed to ship. And it's like a real, like once a week, real time update. Like, so if stuff comes out early or if stuff's coming late, like this site just exists for you to check it out. Oh, that's cool. So as long as it gets to me by November, I'll be okay. Right. Yeah. And did you, uh, the, the one that you got last year, super late, do you still have that? Can you double dip in advent calendars this year? No, I just, when it came in, I just gave it to him, you know? Ah, all right. Fair enough. Um, I purchased obviously at LVAC, this should go into my, uh, weekly purchases, but I did purchase another gummy boar shirt, which I gave to Julian. And, uh, I believe DJ made a good point. Uh, when I was talking to him, uh, we all got the gummy boar shirt in white and we get the fact that there's not a lot of wrestling shirts in white. And we, we acknowledge that, 
but maybe a limited edition run in black, you know, for us first larger gentlemen. You know, we need something a little bit more slimming. So I think uh, once this this box goes out, uh, maybe maybe a, a small print run in a dark color. Just saying. Uh, uh, listen, from, from your lips to the boar's ears, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and one other thing I bought, uh, Joe, who loves the acclaimed? Everybody loves the acclaimed? Everybody loves the acclaim. So I purchased the two pack of micro brawlers that went up for sale this week. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, Joe, do you have anything else? I do. Uh, so I am an old and uh, I have, uh, you know, obviously uh, I'm always in the mood. Like I'm always in the market, maybe for like a new computer or a new something or a new whatever. Mm-hmm. But we're not there. I do my best to like service my computer and by service my computer, like. I mean, I don't let it get all, like, dusty and shit. Okay. Like, once every two weeks, I pull my tower out. Like, yes, I have a PC tower. I'm the <laughs> laptop person. I pull the tower out. I take the sides off of it. And I, like, dust everything. And I make sure, like, everything looks okay inside, mm-hmm. it, like, once every two weeks. Right? Yeah. Uh, but one of my external hard drives I've probably had for the better part of 15 years. Just to give you an idea how old it is. It has a separate, big, giant, bulky AC adapter. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the last, like, day or two, it's starting to, like... And I don't want to say act up, but, like, I'll get the notifications of, like, oh, my computer's not recognizing it. Now it is recognizing it. It is recognizing it. It's not recognizing it. And I've tried it in... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven different USB ports... Mm. So I definitely think it's a connection on the hard drive itself. So I broke down and I sprung and I got a four terabyte hard drive for myself. It was like 85 bucks. Uh, I'm going to move everything off of that hard drive to this hard drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of the stuff that's on the actual PC memory itself, I'm going to move to it. I got four terabytes. I've been in the market for an upgrade of my external storage for about two, three years now. And with this thing starting to fail, I want to grab it before it does fail. Yeah. Like I, I get, you. I've never been an external hard drive guy or like a backup, like all of my photos are like in the cloud. And I don't have any like physical copies, not talking paper, but like on an actual hard drive. So like I'm very rel- I'm very reliant on, you know, the, the fucking computer gods being in my favor, you know? So I have stuff on the, you know, the memory of my PC itself. Mm. I have it backed up on this hard drive. And then I have like, di- like three other different little hard drives. Like one is pictures. One is video, one is music, right? Mm-hmm. And I usually kind of cycle onto those once every six months. And then everything else is on a separate um, paid for cloud service that I pay like $80 a year to have it on a separate offsite cloud thing. I forget, I forget what the hell it's called, but I get the bill like every December for it, you know? Yeah. So, like, I have my stuff backed up in, like, triplicate, including stuff that's on our phones that are backed up through, like, Verizon's cloud or whatever the fuck that is, you know? Yeah, yeah. If my laptop died tomorrow, I wouldn't lose anything. I, I think I literally uh, – my resume is the only thing that's on here that uh, isn't someplace else, and uh, God knows that ain't helping me with anything. So, but uh, cool. Get yourself some hard drives. Um. I mentioned before that during Does Joe Know the Card, I, I, I made a live purchase. Uh, 
I bought a, and you know, roll your eyes, everybody. I bought a Nick Swisher card, and it's a card I only ha- I already have three of, <laughs> but this one was a PSA ten. And I believe the population report on PSA 10s for this card is like population two. So like, it's just something that was like cheap. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get this if this stays around this price. And then when I say cheap, Joe, this was under $20 and it costs $30 to get a card graded now. So I was like, that's, that's a fucking win and a half right there. So uh, I had to pull the trigger on that. Um, I purchased a couple things and then we'll wrap this up. From the major Facebook group this week. Uh, That's still around? It, you know what? Despite the fact that a lot of its founding members are leaving left and right, uh, it does still exist. Um, Brett was nice enough to send me a link to somebody selling the Walmart Hangman page figure for 35 shipped. And I actually said to him, I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait just because it's the year of financial responsibility. Uh, I don't want to pay uh, like that much for it. And I was fully intending on just finding one in the wild, but somebody had one for 30 shipped and I jumped on that. So I figured, uh, you know, you find them in a store, they're $22 after taxes. I'm spending eight bucks. That's cheaper than gas. You know, that's not bad. Right. Um, and the only thing, the last thing I bought, I did not wake up two days ago in the market for these, uh, but I saw somebody selling them. For $25 shipped. And then I, I commented, would you take 20? Which was a ballsy move because 25 was a great deal. Uh, but I'm actually going to send this over to you so you can see it. As soon as I stall here and find your name in my phone. But I purchased two Tops NXT cards. Autographed. They're not the rookies. They're second year. Uh, featuring everybody's favorite wrestling tag team and iconic duo, Joe, of Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Uh, It was one of those things where I looked up on eBay uh, what they go for individually, and I want to say, like, the cheapest ones were, like, $30 to $40 each. And I was like, I'll take the two of them for 20 bucks shipped, you know? Add them to the grease shelf, which is what the, filled what the up. What was that gear Peyton Royce is wearing in that out, in that? That's what she used to wear when she'd come out with like a flower in her mouth. It was, mm. and her hair was like purple. It was like it's back, you know, before before television. I don't know. And even the Billy Kay, like uh, that's when she used to come out in the long, uh, like the long dragging robe where she looked like a Disney uh, villain. You know? Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm okay with that one, but I don't I don't know that uh, Peyton Royce gear. Yeah, and uh, but hey, you know what? Like I said, I got them for a steal. Uh, these purchases are the, at least those cards. Uh, they are approved by the front office uh, of the bore. So uh, <laughs> ran that by him before I pulled the trigger. Uh, he said to go with it. So uh, yeah, that's it for me. Those are all my weekly purchases. Small week, Joe. Yeah, small for you. I'd say a lot of little purchases. Uh, you know, not a lot of money. Uh, no, was, no, was out of out of pocket. You know, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, you I mean the, the Amazon shit? You know, you don't pay for that till it ships. You know, so <laughs> those are a long ways away. Right. Uh, so, I mean, realistically, the Gummy Boar shirt wasn't for me. So, really, all I bought was the uh, Micro Brawlers, the Hangman, and those two cards. I'm growing, Joe. I'm showing right. restraint. Again, the the year the year of uh, financial responsibility is almost over. 
<laughs> yeah, then next year I can just go crazy. <laughs> I don't have to show restraint like I've been doing all year. Right. I can't imagine what uh, you would restraint would look like, you know? <laughs> Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I think that's enough show for everybody. Absolutely. So, hey, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Uh, this was episode 205 of At Odds with Wrestling. Uh, for Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.